So Star Trek celebrates its 50th anniversary this year, and while we could certainly wax poetic about how influential the series has been to great thinkers, inventors, artists, and creative types the world over, or we could applaud the questions that it makes you ask about things like equality and morality and ponder how different the world could be without Star Trek. Instead, we opted to stick to childish rantings and toilet humor. So on this episode of Movies Ruin My Life, it's our dirty little love letter to one of the greatest science fiction franchises of all time. Okay, so this is Sean. Hello. This is Devin. Hey. This is James. How's it going? I'm Brandon. And uh, Star Trek. This one's a lofty one, gentlemen. Um, I, I, I think I'm a, a really weird Star Trek fan because I actually hate talking about Star Trek with people. And the reason that I wanted you guys in particular is because, James, you're one of the few people that I will talk openly about my opinions on Star Trek about. And it's because uh, back in, I guess, around 2010... I was staying on your couch like two or three times a week, um, like commuting into the city and I was living out in the, the boonies. So I was staying on your couch and, and I was uh, uh, force fed the entire the entire run of uh, TNG episodes. You went unwillingly. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and so I always kind of... Uh, I've uh, I've acclimated to to speaking to you about Star Trek, but yeah, I'm. I know for a lot of people they like to wave their Star Trek fan flag, so to speak, and I hate. It, it feels so weird to me. It's not something that I can, uh, you know, get behind because why I like Star Trek is not why anyone else likes Star Trek. Um, so I'm really really happy to have you back, sir. First of all, it's good to see you. I missed it's you. Good to be back. And uh, Sean, thank you for coming. Thanks I for the missed invite. you, sir. I missed you too, man. Missed yeah. both of you guys. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we were talking about it a little bit before we got started. Uh, do you guys feel comfortable just to kick things off? Do a quick round of our favorite captains. Just rank from uh, one through whatever, because we were joking around a little beforehand. One through six or whatever. Um, Sean, can you kick us off? Uh, okay, sure. Um, <clears throat> my favorite captain is uh, Captain Picard out of all of them because he's the one that, like, I guess you could say he kind of like broke my Star Trek cherry. Yeah. He was the guy that, you know, that I that got me into Star Trek as being a kid in the 80s. It was TNG, right? Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. Um, out of that, I started watching the original series. So Kirk would be second. And uh, I think Janeway's third. Nice. <laughs> because uh, I started getting hooked on watching Voyager after high school but then after work because yeah. space played it at like i don't know five o'clock or yeah something like that. i've spent a lot of nights binge watching voyager oh yeah usually that and some other shows but uh blue movies blue movies yeah <laughs> showcase drambuie review <laughs> uh, little plug but uh <laughs> you're welcome drambuie okay so anyways um cisco i don't know cisco I would say ahead of Archer, just because I never really watched uh, Enterprise. I never got into it. Mm -hmm. It was, I still have yet to actually really watch the series. I know it's good. Like I've heard it's good, but I just never, I missed it when it was on and uh, hard to say, you know what I mean? I don't want to judge. It's hard to judge on something that I don't really know a lot about. I had the same problem. I didn't have cable when, uh, 
when Archer was making his actual TV run, like when Enterprise was on the air. So I, I'm not connected to him at all. Mm-hmm. Devin? Uh, when you uh, mentioned Picard, I mean, Picard was, was my first yeah. as well. Uh, but I, I really had Who's to hold, hold back. Was, was, it, was it good for you? <laughs> Just thinking... Uh, how many uh, how many kids cherries of our generation he popped? <laughs> but but uh, he Star Trek fans are gonna hate this episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I think he kind of like you know in the in the '60s it was kind of forced into this like campy niche, right? Yeah. Like um, where sci-fi wasn't really accepted even like yet as as like a mainstream mm-hmm. genre. So so. You know, I mean, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Um, um, Kirk. Oh, Kirk. Uh, he he kind of had a bad run at it as a as a result. Yeah, a lot and of then, Monster of the Week episodes and shit like that. And then, like post TNG, it you know sci fi kind of blew up, and it's kind of like uh, yeah, you know yeah, now yeah. now this is this is a little bit played out. So I think uh, you know Patrick Stewart had had the best run at it i feel just because the the genre itself was really in a good spot you know yeah well it's a nine-year run it's pretty solid yeah seven seven seasons seven seasons nine years nine years i think so yeah because 96 it went off the air uh, it was earlier uh, than that. TNG? Yeah. No, I believe so, it was 94. Oh, okay. 93 or 94. Okay, yeah. my apologies. Because no, okay. 80, 87, I was one. So. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, it was 94. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I apologize. Yeah, that's all right. So I remember the Jays, uh, Jays did win the World Series that year. You guys are both <laughs> rocking your Jays jerseys. So. Yeah. 93, 94 season. Fantastic. The, the rest of them, though, I don't know. I don't really care for. Yeah. I mean... It, Cisco, I mean, it's like saying that you're the captain of an oil rig. Like, it doesn't even move. Mm. I, I'm not interested. Okay. And, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I used to, uh, for a little while there, um, there was a period where they were running the original series, like after I came home from school. Right kind on. Of thing. So I, I got into that. But again, it's more of like it's campy appeal. So I guess, you know, Kirk would be like my second mm. or whatever. Hamas? I'd pretty much have to go with Sean's list. Yeah, yeah, almost that's identically. Pretty, that's yeah, it'd be identical. Even, yeah. All right. Yeah. Although I like Deep Space Nine. Yeah, I yeah, do too. Much. Yeah. yeah, I went through the series a few years ago, and I didn't really watch it much. Didn't watch it when it was on, and yeah, I enjoyed it. There's still a lot of shitty episodes, <laughs> but that goes for all the series. Like even yeah, bad TNG episodes, bad TOS episodes, and a lot of bad Enterprise episodes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's, yeah. There's some stuff in there. But there's there. still some really, there's still some pretty good episodes in Enterprise. Yeah. But it's, yeah, ha- it's hard to that. watch the series back to back, which I did a couple of years ago too. And because again, I didn't see it when it was originally on. Mm-hmm. Luckily it's only four seasons, Yeah, but it was just getting good towards the end. And then they shit canned it. The theme song too late. lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except they changed the theme. They made it an orchestral thing because it was an alternate reality, a two-part episode. So they oh. had it like this very kind of militaristic, like marching kind of thing. Kind of more canon. Yeah, yeah. But that was, that was only in two episodes. But yeah, then the rest of it was yeah. Whoever does that song, it's like, like Rod Stewart or something. I don't think it. I don't <laughs> think it is, but it sounds like Rod Stewart. Yeah. It's oh, but it's oh. somebody else. Yeah, Faith of the Heart or whatever. This is bullshit. 
What were they thinking there? Yeah. And it showed all these historic pictures. It was almost the same as the Quantum Leap intro. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was Way both... to distance yourself. Yeah. yeah. Scott Bakula was in both. <laughs> yeah. Let's just set it together. A bunch of stock footage and yeah. mix in shots of the ship and put some assholes singing some stupid song. I think that's what turned me off of it originally. Yeah. Like I saw that. I'm like, ah. The suits did it for me. Else. The suits did it. I couldn't get into the, uh, no. like, not having the, the traditional Starfleet uniform. Yeah. It bothered me. Well, just that the was, whole aesthetic yeah. of the show, it was different from what we'd been, like, sort mm-hmm. of programmed to appreciate with the preceding three series. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't look no. stylistically anything <laughs> like TNG, DS9, or Voyager. They mm-hmm. tried to, they were, to me, it, it t- also, looking back, it seemed like they kind of jumped on that, kind of like that Firefly handheld action Mm. style of shooting yeah that got really popular in the early to mid 2000s because they tried it with other series like shows as well like i remember with stargate universe they went to that style and it bombed because it didn't match sg1 and atlantis and i found with enterprise they did the same thing they they tried to go in this seemingly new direction and it wasn't it like james said it just was such a departure from the this huge franchise you know, it was like hard to get into it in some ways. I mean, I have seen like a couple of episodes here and there, but yeah. I just don't want to say like I I, I know it front to back. You, know? <laughs> you, know? you don't need to see it front to back. Don't waste your time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just yeah. look up a top ten list and just watch those. Yeah, yeah. and, and that's good. And that, and I'm also not to slag the way that Firefly was shot. I'm not anyone who's a fan of the show. I'm not putting it down. It's just that it's like. They did something that was really cool, and it seemed like a bunch of other people tried to copy. Jump the on it, yeah. yeah. Which which Star Trek is kind of guilty of pretty pretty historically in the sense uh, not Star Trek, not the creators, like not Roddenberry, not uh, Rick Berman, none of these cats, but uh, like I guess Paramount. Technically, you know, they see the success of Star Wars and they think like, okay, we gotta we gotta dig out any sci fi franchise and get it into production uh, as That's a film. What they did with the motion picture, yeah. Because that they they kind of a I can't remember the story. Did they amalgamate a couple of because they were going to bring back the TV show and then yeah. they amalgamated a couple episode scripts into a into a script. That well, there was going to be Star Trek Phase Two in the seventies. Yeah, that was going to be the the show. Some of the scripts from that were recycled into TNG episodes. Mm. Yeah, like um, there was that one that one Devils Do that one where uh, remember the Ardra episode where that alien comes back to the planet and she's fulfilling a contract saying that she owns the planet because the thousand yeah, years yeah. that was supposed to be a phase two episode and there's a bunch of other ones That's were, sweet. Some, were some of them used for the animated series as well i'm not sure i think Maybe. the animated series ended up being shown in place of phase two for some yeah. reason yeah yeah because that was between tos and the motion picture yeah it's like well the, the disco kind of theme song is yeah, kind of indicative of that <laughs> sound effects <laughs> yeah yeah and they recycle all the shots and it's like rocket yeah. robin hood or something yeah <laughs> horrible horrible yet it's accepted as canon strangely it's yeah. accepted as canon oh absolutely yeah, yeah. Is the uh, slash fiction accepted as canon? I don't, I don't think it's fan so. fiction. <laughs> fan fiction isn't canon. <laughs> K, the KS scenes? Yeah. The Kirk Spock fetish. Yeah. <laughs> or Mistress Janeway, according to the film Trekkies. <laughs> I want to okay. see some crystalline entity Borg cube action. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's hot. <laughs> okay, so my list for captains. Um, I, I too, I'm going to go Picard at the top. Um, same kind of story. I, I, I remember it a little bit differently than you guys. Though. I remember uh, Next Generation being on in syndication at, 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 and like new episodes, but more so in syndication right around the dinner hour or shortly thereafter. Because I can remember, you know, my parents kind of kicking me out of the kitchen. You know, it's adult uh, talk time. You go and watch TV kind of thing and, and TNG being on at that time. Um, so I always, uh, I really, uh, got attached to TNG as a kid. Um, so Picard is number one. Uh, Kirk is a very, very, very close second, uh, because I watched the films as a kid, to be honest, I never watched the original series, uh, until I was probably in my teenage years. Uh, but all the movies, like we have them on VHS, I have them on DVD, like, uh, I was kind of forced because my mom was a big fan of Spock. She liked the Spock character, so she kind of just like watched these in order, or else, or else you're grounded. Um, and then I'm going to go Cisco third, mainly because um, I like Cisco's choice instrument the best. You know, out of all the all the uh, all the captains, I, I choice instrument. Yeah, he he's a piano player. I don't remember that. Yeah, so I I like that a lot better than the weird flute that Picard plays. But I have? like Picard's flute. Yeah, yeah or, or Kirk play. He plays. I don't know. Don't he, he, he plays the skin flute. Yeah, <laughs> he plays all the. He plays the women. He plays, he plays the, the women, He plays yeah. them green titties. He plays the girl. <laughs> <laughs> Although Spock had that weird. Uh, Spock had that weird guitar thing oh, that played yeah. in seven sharp nine chord yes. only. <laughs> yeah, that, how, and when he was jamming with all the space hippies the way to, to show that he's not a Herbert. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna crack my knuckles and jump for joy. I got a clean bill of health from Doctor McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest episode ever. Uh, no, it wasn't. Oh, no, it really no, wasn't. No, I'm just kidding. Was not. Don't eat the fruit. Don't eat the apple. No, he's dead. And the other reason I'm going to go with Cisco is because of uh, the the episode where he's trying to teach his son about like how special baseball is and how important it is. And you guys are both. You just came from a baseball game, obviously. I love that episode. There's just because uh, I, I romanticize baseball that way. Was so. that the one where they play the game on the holodeck? On the holodeck, yeah. Oh, right, right. So I I, I like that a lot. That's one that always stands out to me. Uh, Janeway, very close, fourth, and then the rest are kind of inconsequential. Kelsey Grammer, as you guys yeah, said off Kelsey air. Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Janeway is, like you said, Sean, just like a binge watch kind of situation. Like, you get addicted to that show. It's weird. And then you end up, you get home from work, and then it's, you know, seven, eight o'clock, and then you look at the clock, and you've been watching like 10 episodes, and it's three in the morning. Mm. You're like, oh, fuck, what happened to my life? I don't know why Voyager's <laughs> like that. Like, it's really easy to binge watch, Voyager. It's really, really easy to binge watch. Great fucking cast. But yeah. Yeah, it was a fun series for sure. Yeah. You fall in love with the characters. Like, uh, I, you know, I always like Tuvok. Tuvok's mm-hmm. pretty Tuvok's good. Seven yeah. of nine. Mm-hmm. Who didn't like seven of nine? What teenage yeah. boy did not like, like seven, seven of nine? nine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chicote always kind of bothered me. Yeah? Yeah, he was my least favorite second in command. Uh. I don't know. Whatever. Hmm. Chicote, yeah, well, he was so um, monotone. All Like, I mean, Tuvok mm-hmm. was, but he was Balkan, so it made sense. But he was always very uh, monotone and direct. He didn't really 
Yeah. You know, like maybe he just didn't connect with people the same way the other characters did. He yeah, well, he managed to unite the crew because the he crew did. was really divided early on because of Starfleet and the Maquis crew. Yeah. yeah. So he kind of bridged that gap and yeah. you know, kind of prevented anarchy throughout the ship. Yeah. He was like he was like the liaison from Janeway to everybody else. Like, yeah. okay, look, come on, let's chill out We're, guys. We yeah. got to we gotta get through this. True, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't he, for he him. Has a little romantic would've... stirring with a seven of nine, right? Doesn't sounds familiar. Yeah, I'm not not sure exactly. Uh, not much, but she has a crush on him. And Harry Kim has a crush on seven. Seven, she yeah, want it's a love triangle. That. Yeah, that's hot. Yeah, because they're dating. Yeah, because there was that scene with that weird space thing. It was like a space. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that narrows it down. <laughs> the, the space episode. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Where they're in space. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. What was, was like, that Seinfeld uh, episode where they're sitting in Jerry's apartment? Yeah, yeah you know that <laughs> one. Yeah. You know the one where, where they're down at Monk's and they're yeah, talking about the like arbitrary things? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, anyways, I just remember they were dating in that episode, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. They were hiding it. That was one of the key things. It was the beginning of the relationships right, yeah. they were hiding. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of banging on that show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of makes me think about how, or kind of more closely examine why I didn't like a lot of those other series. And yeah. I think maybe it is just that it became too much of a, <clears throat> like opera? a character study. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's not so much about the the things that are going on around them, like like uh, TNG and and the original series were, where it's like. The characters are kind of just established from the get-go, and then it's just like, here, now throw them into all these different situations mm-hmm. where, uh, at least it seems, uh, you know, I mean, I, I haven't Yeah, the Janeway-focused episodes but... and Voyager are pretty pretty action-packed. Like, more so, like, whenever there's, like, a captain-focused episode or even just a specific character-focused episode with a lot of the series, you don't get a lot of... Uh, like plot forwarding stuff, you get uh, character development more so. Like with uh, Picard, especially a lot of character shit. Um, you know, he's taking time off and shit like that. And or Jaha Maron or whatever. Yeah, it is. yeah, yeah. But uh, with um, what was with Janeway? She's real. Like all of her, all of her, like Janeway centric episodes are really action packed, comparative to a lot of the captains, which I like. Like for example, I was just mentioning the Cisco episode with the fucking baseball it's like a, you know so that is that is a really good thing and why i think you guys probably have her so high on your list is because you know when you go into a janeway episode it's like yes we're gonna be with janeway she's gonna fucking kill it you know whereas some of the other ones are a little bit duddy when you get into like a one character thing anyway plus her and kirk were the only <clears throat> ones to make admiral all the other that's ones true did. yeah yeah yeah, and Kirk fucking hates it. Although yeah. Kirk does warn Picard not to, or no, that happens. That's in generation, obvious generations, obviously. But like, yeah. it's the show's over. So yeah, and the, <laughs> yeah, and the Nexus, and the Nexus. Yeah, that's that's that scene's cool too because uh, when Picard sees Kirk, like he's awestruck by the sight of James of James T. Kirk. Kirk yeah, he can't like oh, even shit. he's like us, I guess, in a way. Like he's like, wow, it's Captain Kirk. Mm-hmm. He's a legend. Yeah. Hmm. Like when he gives the order on the bridge, he says, take us out. And the whole, the whole everybody on the bridge starts clapping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. to me. Oh, shut up, Scotty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Um, 
I was hoping to go through these movies uh, individually, but what I'd like to do uh, is take a little break, come back, and we are going to, instead of counting them down, like, or counting them out, going out, like, from one through to the most recent, because that just seems silly, I'd like to um, put our rankings together um, and collectively decide which which films are, are number one through uh, to number 12. Because Star Trek Beyond hasn't come out. It's kind of the reason we're doing this episode. We're riding the coattails of Star Trek Beyond. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I'd like to come back and get into the films in detail. Cool? Let's do it. All right. Sounds good. If you have an idea for something you'd like to hear on the show, please email us at show at moviesruinmylife.com or reach out to us on Twitter. And however you're taking part in this episode, please don't forget to leave comments, share, reach out to us so we can keep the conversation going. Okay, so we're back. And uh, let's get to it, gentlemen. Our consensus list of worst to best Star Trek movies. And the thing I like about this is that we, of course, did it in an Excel spreadsheet uh, with uh, the, all of the rows tallying to the same number, 78. <laughs> Comic Sans font, underline, strike through, bold, bold red, red, yellow, yellow backgrounds. Yeah. Perfect. This is the way, yeah, I don't know what you're doing, James, but I like it. <clears throat> Thank you for your participation. All right, so uh, before we get started, any any final thoughts about the TV series? Because we've most, mostly been talking about the TV series up to this point, so now we're going, this is Movies Are In My Life, so we got to go movies. Any final thoughts on any of the uh, TV series, gentlemen? Riker is kind of like, uh, <clears throat> he's got a lot of demons after all these years. That man is like a, a Vietnam POW times like 8,000. Like, how many episodes has he been, like, I don't know, like, tricked into, like, you know, poison tricked into fucking, uh, like, I, I remember, like, a... Uh, What's the uh, one where he comes out of the tar, and he actually did oh, that one they show that? Where they in, kill Tasha the Yar? Behind the scenes, yeah. That's, um, <clears throat> uh, damn it. Yeah. Season one. He's, yeah. he's been the subject two, of, like, these elaborate no, mind Tasha Yar dies. She dies, like, less than ten episodes into the series. Yep. Oh, right. Sorry. So, like, so many times, just these ridiculous elaborate mind games to, like, make him think everybody's dead. It's true. <laughs> and then it gets to the end of the episode. They're just like, oh, no, every, everything's okay again. It's just, like, his <laughs> mind is just destroyed. Oh, yeah. Not to mention that he can't get past that one note in Misty when he's playing it on his trombone. <laughs> Night, Nightbird. Yeah. Nightbird. Nightbird. Yeah. That's right. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He always gets that one note, and it's like he flubs it. And yeah. Better look next time, Will. <laughs> right on. <laughs> but he gets called to the bridge before he plays the song. That yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, he only yeah. ever gets to the one note. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I guess De- Deanna wants him to play it in front of everybody just because she's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Although I do like when she gets drunk in uh, First Contact. Yeah, me yeah. too. Because she drank something called tequila. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, with Zeph from Cochran. Yeah. While they're dancing to Roy Orbison. And he's loaded. Yeah. Throwing <laughs> bottles everywhere. <laughs> this is the guy who invented Warp Drive? 
You're going to drink before the flight? Well, I'm sure as hell not going up there sober. <laughs> 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 then he puts on what, uh, CCR? Uh, Steppenwolf. 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 That's yes. right. right. Magic carpet ride. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But that's to come. Our first film, gentlemen, or rather our worst film, gentlemen, our least favorite Star Trek film is Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Mm-hmm. What a stinker. Otherwise known in uh, William Shatner's roast as Star Trek V, Death of a Franchise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the one he directed, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. He didn't yeah. get much of a budget, though, in his defense. He didn't have much of a script, either. <laughs> <laughs> they actually wrote it out on just sheets of toilet paper, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets some use afterwards. Yeah, yeah. 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 May as well have. Perfect. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, I don't even know if we can do favorite scenes for this one, guys. The the campfire the scene. Campfire that's the scene, only yeah. memorable part. Yeah, row, row, row. I like when Spock's trying to rationalize the lyrics of "Row, row, row your boat." Yeah. <laughs> Boy's like, Spock, it's just a damn song. Sing it. Yeah, green blooded Vulcan piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shut up and eat your beans, you <laughs> green blooded bastard. That's right. That's what he said. Shut up and eat your beans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's that's... trying to teach them how to sing it in a round and like spock doesn't get it he doesn't you know what i mean nor does he have any interest in doing it at <laughs> <No>. all <laughs> he just wants yeah. to go to bed that scene is pretty good <laughs> yeah oh fuck. and then they and then they revisit it at the end they're camping yeah, at the very end right yeah, yeah I, but... I, I, they're rhyming they're taking a little uh, george lucas's book there a little uh thematic rhyming little bookends on the film i like it <laughs> but it wasn't enough to save that piece of shit yeah do you think that the uh rock climbing scene with uh kirk was a precursor to uh the mission impossible 2 rock climbing scene just because they knew how well final frontier did at the theaters they <laughs> <laughs> we can't fail <laughs> I remember my parents went to see The Final Frontier, and my mom to this day hates Star Trek. She refuses to watch it, and I'm pretty sure that was her first exposure to Star Trek, <laughs> and only exposure, so I can't really say I blame her for hating it. No. <laughs> for a portly fellow, he made it pretty high up, right? Like, yeah. he was, he was like, he's like halfway up there. Yeah, like, yeah, he was doing pretty good. Yeah, doing pretty good. He was. like, climbs up, like, rests his gut on Oh my god. Safety gut. <laughs> Safety gut. I like it. All right. So this one's 1989. Uh, yeah. yeah. It came out two days after my third birthday. There you Pretty go. exciting. Um, $70 million this thing grossed uh, worldwide. Uh, yeah. I think it's got a 5.4, 5.4 on IMDb. So I, I feel as though the. the it's kind of high. <laughs> Well, because the bell curve seems kind of low. On... What was the budget on that movie? Uh, do I have it? Yeah, it was $30 million, $30 million bucks. So at least they this. made their budget, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They they made some money on it. It did still kill the franchise, though. You're not going to uh, you're not gonna fix that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Nine, yeah, $99 million, A little over $99 million worldwide. So, mm, not bad. Uh, I think I want to move on from this one pretty quick, yeah, guys. I don't want yeah. to bomb on these no, films, no. you know. Again, this is why I don't talk to Star Trek fans about Star Trek because I just, 
I don't want to talk shit about Star Trek. Yeah, because someone might love that movie for some reason. Like, you know, who knows? I met a guy who did, actually. It was his favorite one, and I'm just sitting there, like, just... I didn't yeah. even want to get into it. Yeah, you him. don't want to engage. <laughs> just, yeah. Funny, I, I think it is a testament to, to the strength of the series, though, that even even the absolute worst piece of dog shit grossed, you know, like... You know, like Three it, times. Yeah, yeah. like, it... it, it you know, I, I mean, I mean, when you talk about the death of a lot of other series, it's like you know a movie that that bombs unilaterally, whereas this movie actually did okay. Yeah, like, and like this has twenty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. Oh man, and that uh, was my next question. I was wondering about yeah, so it was rotten, not not fresh. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, this one is not certified fresh, yeah. but um, yeah, it's still it still made its money, and it shows. Yeah, like you said, the the it's a testament to the longevity uh, or staying power of the series. Yeah. It's, and there are some fun moments like we talked about before. I I like the whole god confrontation. I like that. I don't like the Spock half brother thing, like you mentioned. It's, it's a little weak. Um, but eh, what are you gonna do? Yeah, these yeah. things happen. And we all know the Star Trek curse, which obviously uh, Tom Hardy uh, had his hands in, in in bringing that to an end by making an even number film. Shit, no, it's not that bad. All right, let's move on to our next consensus vote, which is uh, it's just fucking Tom Hardy, <laughs> number uh, number ten, Nemesis, Star Trek Nemesis. And like I said, as much as I, it's not one of my favorites. I don't I don't bag on this as hard as a lot of people do. Uh, there is some redeeming factors. I, I'm still a little confused because obviously in TNG you got to see Picard with hair as a kid. And yes. then, of course, like Shinzon's got fucking no hair and he's presumably a, t- a teenager, early 20s version of a uh, clone of Picard. I do like the idea of the, the Romulans cloning him, though, and uh, and and then sending him to the Raymond uh, <laughs> work camp. It's yeah. it's a good plot. Like on paper, if you told someone about this film, it's one of the more coherent ones. Like we joked about off air about the the it, trying to explain number four to anybody, and it's just it's hard, man. This okay. film it has some redeeming qualities. The 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 Romulans fall a little flat. I feel like I'm actually kind of I was pleased when they started killing them. You know, it didn't fucking make a difference to me. Um, I don't know what are your what are your gentlemen's thoughts on this film. I haven't I saw it in the theaters and have not watched it since. So yeah, I really need to watch that one again. But I don't remember enjoying it. You don't remember? I, I, I think it, it is kind of funny that I literally like e- even with all of the the um, you know the the uh, explanation that you guys have 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 mustered for me here. It it. it like I, I literally remember absolutely nothing about this movie, not one thing, yeah. and it's still not my bottom movie. Like yeah. a Star Trek film that I literally have no recollection of still rates higher than. Yeah. than. Well, a lot of the critique on this film is that they were trying to rehash elements of uh, of Wrath of Khan. So the the whole like duality between they were trying to kind of convert the Data character into a Spock, uh, or like a so he sacrifices himself for the crew and so forth, and um, the that that whole like finding humanity moment and and these kinds of things. They they recycled a lot of of the thematic uh, elements in terms of character development that were that made Wrath of Khan successful. Whereas this one, it, it fucking bombed having those same 
qualities and that that i find interesting because again really good cast like if you look at like say for example the the number two baddie for fuck's sakes is is ron perlman uh he's viceroy right and uh, and tom hardy and i think this is his you know motion picture like big screen debut i'm pretty certain uh it's it's not a bad film it's just not a good film i think it's just you you find it hard to have an emotion about it personally i i but i've i've watched this one a handful of times i'm not with you on that james i but then again i i watch a lot of garbage a lot of times so it's hard to hard to quantify you know my liking based on the number of times that i've seen something but yeah i it, it's not a bad movie man i don't think it's i don't think it warrants like where is that one on on rotten tomatoes is it 37% for example and i i don't think it warrants warrants quite that low i i'd go i'd go with 50 55 something like that yeah. yeah, it's the one where Data dies, isn't it? Yeah, and so then he's it's trying sort of to significant, yeah. I guess, because I think he he uploaded his memory banks into B 4s yeah. brain, mm-hmm. and then B four says something right before that, the credits. Yeah. yeah, and it gives this hint that Data's still alive. Live, or yeah. I remember that, which they also did in a TNG episode because there was that there was an early one where that doctor is trying to create artificial intelligence <laughs> and he he. He dies and transports his consciousness into data, and then they end up tra- uh, putting it in the ship's computer. You mean his creator? No, it wasn't his oh. creator. You're talking was... about Grandpa? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Data, call me Grandpa. Yeah. Mm. Grandpa, I have a question. <laughs> yeah. Immediately yeah, that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Moving along, gentlemen? Yeah, moving yeah. along. All right. What do we have next? Next on the list, we have... Star Trek, the motion picture. And now we're officially at our top 10. So number 10. <laughs> top 10. <laughs> we're at bottom three. <laughs> we're at bottom. Yeah. yeah. Star Trek, the motion picture. Yeah. Now this one, I I had this one really fucking low. You, I brought the, this, I brought this one down for you guys, by the way. Because like, in terms of this film, like, I, I have nothing to say about it. We've made many a jokes, James, you and I, about the fucking panoramic shots that take like 30 minutes to uh-huh. give you a tour of the goddamn mm. uh, Enterprise. It's like going on one of those virtual tours of a, of a home you might buy. It's like, fuck. Well, apparently they were trying to take a page out of 2001. They were just trying yeah. to make it more visually, like... They're more worried about cinematography than yeah. making a good movie. <laughs> I, think, I think you summed the mo- that. I think James summed that film up the best. Do you, you remember what I'm talking about? Uh, no. He said, like, <clears throat> basically, I said, oh, uh, I was watching. I, I I had just thrown on the motion picture because I mm. bought the box set of the DVDs. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm starting with the first one, the motion picture. And you're, <laughs> James's response was, that movie's basically an hour and a half of establishing shots. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. It's, by the time I got through it, I was like, yeah, it's kind of true. It's aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it, it but Robert good. Robert Wise is not fucking Stanley Kubrick. Mm-hmm. And like people got to fucking realize that. You know, it's just... And they changed art directors or, or yeah, or special effects artists like mid-fucking shoot, didn't Ooh. they? So oh, I, I I rated it pretty high because honestly I mean the concept I like is is one of the better ones from the entire series uh, like the Voyager goes out we we throw out this this satellite and then it 
you know, it, eventually it just it runs its course, and then mm-hmm. these guys find it, and they're like, oh, they were trying to find uh, information about the universe. Okay, we'll make this thing a giant fucking war machine that can do its job with, you know, with... Uh, uh, like but it, yeah, it, but it takes forever to get there, and it like leaves you bored half the movie. That's the yeah. Yeah. That's the only yeah. thing. And I remember they put out an extended version. It's like who the <laughs> fuck wants that? <laughs> it's like I remember my dad that, that those VHSs you have there where the spines uh, form a, yeah. sh- a shot of the Enterprise, yeah, which I have out of order. Sorry, yeah, but uh, but yeah, the, <laughs> if you look side. if you look at the front of the motion picture, it yeah. says like an additional like twenty minutes of footage, and it's like why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For for me, the series usually like it separates um, like the things that interest me are are the general like um, oh, yeah. high concept stuff and and then they've they've got all of this other um, you know this this other uh, uh, kind of theme that they run on a lot of just just expanding the lore for people like with with shit like um, the not Davis brother country though. and stuff like that <laughs> where it's like let's explain to you what Romulans are all about and I'm just not interested like I want to I, I I like that really high concept stuff of like um, uh, you know just just talking about uh, things like like uh, artificial intelligence and time travel and and shit like that and, yeah and sometimes they do they do um, you know uh, crossover in a in a, a you know a neat way but i i feel like that's what puts this movie ahead of a lot of the other ones for me is just that it's a great it's a great concept and even though the execution was piss poor absolutely terrible like it it, it it's still you know it's, it's your it, number four right yeah yeah so you're not a fan of the long boardroom meetings about interplanetary <laughs> diplomacy <laughs> <laughs> It's a yeah. good movie, though. I mean, all in all. It's, yeah, it's, it's a good movie. Good. So it, it's also got the I next generation. I almost feel bad having it at number 10. That's right. That's yeah, right. The theme it's for it. Next Generation came out of that film. Yeah. Yeah, which is cool, too. While they're showing the, sh- the ship. Yeah. For like 25 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and it's a glorious 25 minutes. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. It, like, for... For a fan that wants that experience of going through the Enterprise, it's just like, you know, when we a lot of times when we do our, our director's episodes, we do them in format of like what to introduce a given director's body of work with, what film. We argue that point. Um, and if anyone ever picked up number one and watched it first... I don't know if they would commit the same way as, like, for example, if you jumped in on Wrath of Khan or even if you jumped in on four or something like that. Like, you know, I like Voyage Home. Like, it's pretty high on my list. But I think that was I think that was the first one I saw. Yeah. As a kid. Mm. Because you really fall in love with the characters. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. yeah. Should we move along or any final thoughts on uh, on this? This the the motion picture, gentlemen, uh, the one scene, my favorite scene. In the motion picture is when Kirk is trying to get Spock to sit down, and he won't. And then he says, but first, would you please sit down? <laughs> and then he, you know, and he sits down, which was later, uh, if anybody's a fan of the movie Free Enterprise, they they reuse that, that, scene, that line in that film. Oh, man. I, I, 
I think it it's uh, especially transitioning from a TV series to a movie. That's a difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. That's not an easy thing to do, and I, I you can't it's a defi- you, definitely a valiant effort. Yeah, yeah. spawned a successful film franchise. Yeah, and this is still still like adjusted for inflation. It's it's still really high on the uh, on the tally of of box office totals like worldwide or yeah uh, where are we here adjusted for inflation north america 268 million dollars so that it's because you had a 10-year star trek drought yeah so yeah exactly (laughs) not including the the animated series with the exception of the reboot um the 2008 reboot Mm. you i you don't see that kind of spike in numbers obviously but also in in seventy nine, people were you know uh, chomping at the bit for like you said Star Trek and also just sci fi in general, especially um, adventure based sci fi, which is a lot of people's complaint about this one is that it wasn't adventurey enough, you know, it wasn't actiony enough. Um, yeah, maybe that's Star Wars fault. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe, maybe there was a lot, but there was a lot going on at the time. There was like Buck Rogers, yeah, Battlestar Galactica, um. I don't know. Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. The Centurions. I think they came out of Buck Rogers. Anyways, whatever. Crawl. Yeah. <laughs> it's all stuff. It's really most, most of it's Crawl stuff that the didn't 70s? really. I hope it was the fucking 70s. There wasn't. That just looks it even. probably was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Number nine on our list, gentlemen. No, At... Number. Oh, I see. Yeah. This is number nine. Yeah. Number nine is number nine. <laughs> Star uh-huh. Trek Insurrection. And I don't know. I, I'm embarrassed now. Somehow, this when they tallied our totals, is actually is above the motion picture. And I, I don't know if I concur with that. I'd have to go back and take a look at my list. But fuck, this movie is this is a mess. Um, yeah. again, just I feel like this one kind of goes the opposite direction, where there's too much going on. They've kind of uh trying. They're trying to. Well, there's too much going on in the subplots. Uh, they try and turn the whole fucking Star Trek universe into a spy film or something where everyone's, you know, got to play on somebody else. You know, the the crooked Starfleet officer is playing the um, playing the Enterprise and then the, he's getting played by um, the fucking what is it called? They're, they're all the same uh, people, but the ones with the fucking wrinkly faces there. I, I, I don't know. It just it, <laughs> It's just bloated as fuck, man. We talked about the off-air, the holodeck. I think it was off-air or in the first segment, the the holodeck where they, you know, herd everyone into it like cattle yeah. and stuff. It's just... Well, they, they didn't want the uh, colonists to know that they were being relocated. It was like a combination of a couple of different Star Trek episodes that they just yeah. kind of threw into one movie. <clears throat> like the when they found the... Like the episode with all the Irish people they found in space. Yeah, it was like that, and and that, and the yeah, and it was sort of like the one with the 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 Shiliac. They wanted the planet back, so the data's trying to convince them that they have to move, or yes. the Shiliac is just going to obliterate right. them from space. A spaceship full of Irish migrants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for real. Yeah. And Ry- and Riker bangs one of them, doesn't yeah, he, he? He he ends up hooking up with the daughter of the old man. Yeah, who, like kind of is the Head, 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 Irishman of the village or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what to say. I'm Irish, by the way. But anyways, <laughs> just to throw that out there. But uh, anyways, any oh, ladies whiskey. who dig the Irishman, yeah. But uh, I think he wanted. Kiss whiskey. me, I'm Sean McMullen. Yeah, there you go. 
Wait, wait. He's That's hammered. Nice. He's hammered right now, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, he's hammered on air. Wow. <laughs> Here comes a triple pack of Van Halen. <laughs> You're telling me though that in a future where you can do like a full CT scan with like a a cell phone, that the best option for like plastic surgery is just pull, pull your it back. Skin back. Just, yeah. just you want a facelift? Just put hooks in your face and just pull it back. No problem. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the best option that you could come up with. Uh, they look like fucking zombie people. Like, yeah. this is what you want? <laughs> I don't. I don't understand, man. I don't it's know. Just, it's a weird one. The plot isn't bad, but again, it just—I keep thinking every time I watch it, and I always get sucked in because oh, this one's always on fucking TV. I guess the rights are cheap or something. Really? I don't know. Yeah, I see this one on TV yeah. all the time. Who who runs that? I don't know. TBS Spike. Really? I don't know. Oh. Channels that need movies. Yeah. yeah, four gets played a lot too. Yeah, yeah well, at least that one's good. Yeah, four's good. So. <laughs> In any case, and every time I get into it, I'm like, "Oh, great, Star Trek's on TV." Oh, fuck! <laughs> like about ten minutes in, like as soon as you see, um, fucking Admiral Dowdy or whatever his name is, just like, "Fuck, man, get out of here with your." espionage bullshit this is star trek and plus like in the future people are supposed to be accepting of each other and blah blah at least in terms of humans like you, i know that humans are, are always going to have those kind of inherent flaws but i just hate them being so fucking out there you know there's that we're supposed to proceeded past this it's kind of a guiding principle of the series i just i don't like the idea of conniving humans at this point other than kirk kirk can fuck anyone he wants over because it's awesome Prime directive, what? Fuck you. Yeah. He's <clears throat> a legend. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's 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 go. Uh, consensus number eight film, Star Trek Into Darkness. This one, May of 2013, I want to say. Summer Something blockbuster, like Benedict Cumberbatch action film. <laughs> and... Uh, we haven't gotten into this yet. What do you guys? How do you guys feel about the reboot? This is the first time we've really gotten to touch on in the series. This the the alternate timeline films. How do you feel about them? Because I'm not I'm not a fan at all. Yeah, I I don't want more Star Trek movies. I want another series. Yeah, that's how Star Trek works best. Which is that's how it started, and that I really yeah. I would love to see that. Yeah, yeah I've heard rumors about a Netflix one, but yeah, yeah, there's a, there's another series coming out apparently. What's the premise of it? Uh, they haven't said anything yet. Just oh, that okay. they said it's going to be 2000. It's around the same time as Twin Peaks, the Twin Peaks reboot. Oh, okay, but they have optioned a fourth one in this fucking after Beyond. There yeah. there could be another in the alternate timeline series still. Yeah, it's it's kind of unfair to take a to take a. a series that really never was suited for this generation of 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 moviegoers or or this this um you know demographic of of moviegoers that they're gearing these towards now like a star trek is not designed to be like a you know a, a summer blockbuster action, summer blockbuster type of movie yeah. and I, I mean i i don't hate them like i do i do like yeah. them but i don't not as Star Trek films just almost as their own standalone. Yeah, they're almost thing. like action films. Enjoy them. Fucking yeah. Beastie Boys soundtrack and shit, you know. Yeah, that was really confusing. I remember sitting in the theater and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> like, <laughs> in any case, we'll get to that yeah. film. Uh some things I do like about uh uh this this one uh I 
I remember the promotional cycle, them kind of trying to... Everyone knew it was going to be con. They're like, Cumberbatch is fucking con. And and they they were all telling us, like, no, 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 it's not con. Trust me. It's a big secret. Which I think is what led to J.J. Abrams when he got around to, to you know, jumping on a Star Wars film, which is what he wanted off the get-go. Because um, he really did Star Wars up Star Trek. Um, I think that's what kind of preempted the whole like silence about everything the whole media blackout about the 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 star wars reboot force awakens just because of the experience that into darkness you know kind of presented him with where everyone was constantly you know leaks and information coming out and eh, with them trying to kind of misdirect and it just felt insincere um i i like the robocops in this Peter Weller. Yeah. He's a fantastic bad guy. He is. And uh, Simon Pegg is a pretty good Scotty. I'm not going to lie to you. Not a fan of Yeltsin as uh, uh, Chekhov. I just think that there's something mildly racist about the whole thing. Like when he does it. I don't know why. It's just it doesn't. It feels weird. Um, I like the guy. I can't remember the guy's name. The the guy who plays Bones, I think, is pretty much. Bang. It's, uh, I remember Carl, like Carl him. Urban. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he plays that character so well. It's like it was written for him. It's, Even yeah. his voice, his mannerisms. Yeah, it's, like, it's crazy. Yeah, he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I even thought Cumberbatch as Khan wasn't wasn't bad. I thought he yeah, he was good. Played like who well. else are you going to get to follow up Ricardo Montalban? Norm Macdonald. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Norm McDonald. Yeah, yeah, I'm con, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually rated this one pretty highly, too. Like, honestly, yeah. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, what really ruined this one for me more than anything was that con was just, like, too much of a good guy. Yeah. Like, this is, you know, a, a, a relic of an old, you know, Earth that was about, like, space conquering. Like, that's that's the character of Khan. It's just, like, he is fucking how you win a war. Like, yeah. You just send this crazy motherfucker in, and he kills everybody with superpowers. Yeah. Like, and, and, and I like that, that, that the driving force was still the same, where it's about his crew, about his... But then they surrogate family and so forth. But then, yeah, they, they make kinda... it so that he's been like double crossed, and this is and and he's he's you know. He... But he's playing the long con is the thing. But uh, the long con, you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but I'm con. <laughs> but yeah, I, again, I have a problem with the conniving humans, you know, because you would yeah. think there would be some kind of psych evaluation before you you got into Starfleet that would be hard to even for like a psychopath or a sociopath to get through. But apparently, fucking Weller is just a man lying yeah. to people. <laughs> I I hate film building cl- a ship behind the uh, behind uh, the moon of Jupiter or Saturn or something Uranus. Yeah, it's behind. Yeah, Saturn. Yes, yeah, Saturn. Yeah. yeah. Film cliffhangers are always a real and like a real nuisance too. Yeah. Like like that. Like not not where like the film like not where uh, the plot doesn't fully resolve itself. I'm mm-hmm. fine with that. But where where the plot resolves itself and then some new element from the next movie is just like tossed in as like a you know a, a little teaser at the end. Like, yeah. That that's such a, a piss off. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't like. So they echo Wrath of Khan again. And obviously they f- they flip it uh, with uh, Kirk being the one t- that uh, gets taken out. And instead of uh, obviously using the same mechanism of the Genesis planet and all these things, they go with uh, 
con blood, which they they set up okay, and um, uh, I'm I'm cool with that. I, I enjoyed the opening sequence. I felt that that was really it was executed excellently. Like in terms of just filmmaking, it looked great. It felt great. Pacing was good, and I I filled in the blanks myself. It wasn't irresponsible filmmaking. They weren't laying anything out for you. They were letting you kind of draw like connect the dots on your own. All of that was great. But, uh, you know, injecting it into the triple at the end and being like, ooh, we can save Kirk. And then and then he comes to and you see everything's okay at the end. And that kind of bothered me. Yeah. You know, it should end with Kirk dying, like mm-hmm. in my mind. The same way why Wrath of Khan was so great was because, like, holy fuck, Spock is dead. I have to come back to the theater to see how they bring back Spock. Because I know that they will. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Because he signed on to direct the next one. So, <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I don't know. It just, it, it always, and also, like, I know we kind of got into it a little bit before, but, you know, new and improved. I like Zachary Quinto as Spock, just mm. to be clear. I, I'm a Quinto fan. I think he's he's a great actor. I just, I don't know if I'm 100% in love with, like, you know, action Spock with new kung fu kung fu grip. You know, like it just it seems yeah. like it seems fucking weird because like half of this shit in the TV show, like you can find interviews with Nimoy that he's just talking about, like how uh, okay, so the the fucking death grip wasn't a real thing, obviously, and like the pinch was so that I didn't have to like run and fight and all these things. Like I just all of these things are so that I could basically be fucking lazy, you know. <laughs> Uh, and and always very stern and 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 uh, removed from a situation. So to then, I love the the hu- them trying to inject more of the human element, more turmoil in the character. I like that, but I just it just seems foreign to me. So I can't connect with the Spock character the same way I did when I was a kid with Leonard Nimoy, where I almost had this inherent respect for him. Yeah, well, he's you know. he's full of all like weaknesses. Mm-hmm. This version of him because he's like making out with Uhura all the time, and mm-hmm. you know, and, which is you know, hey, why not? But uh, it's yeah. just like it, I remember, <laughs> I remember in the first one in two thousand eight or nine or whatever it was yeah. when that happened. I was which like, we'll get what? to a little bit later, but yeah, but yeah. The, I will say though, I like the thing I like about Zachary Quinto is that he's really um, become an ambassador for like star trek and also for leonard nimoy as as a man but also as spock Mm -hmm. like i think he is um i think adam nimoy who is uh leonard's documentary yeah Yeah, and zachary quinto i believe is narrating it yep you know what i mean so he's like i i think it's cool that he's kind of fully embraced the star trek uh you know yeah thing yeah even though it's the new version that's that's also by the way not canon it's not recognized by like if you go to StarTrek.com, they don't recognize these new films. Okay, which is sort of important. But it's an alternate timeline, so they're even why. when you talk to. I see them as an alternate timeline thing. Most people that you talk to love Star Trek films and uh, you know slash fiction and so forth, yeah. uh, like we all do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Especially you, Sean. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah um they they all kind of refer to them as like the alternate timeline films yeah so you know i guess because of that any it's film where thor is yeah. kirk's dad that's pretty badass you know so i'll take that but that's we haven't true. gotten to that film yet so not yet 
Um, I was going to do a round of favorite scenes in this film now that we're going around, but we've spent so much time on it. I kind of want to move ahead. Is that okay, gentlemen? Yep. Sure, yeah. Let's do one more, and then we'll take a little break and come back and uh, and count down some more. I don't know. Sweet. Um, so last one before the break will be Star Trek Three: Search for Spock. I like this film. I love this. I thought you hated this movie. I like Sarek. Uh that's about it. Oh, okay. And I like I like the Genesis Planet. I think that's cool. Uh my problem is I've never been a fan of of fucking David. Like I don't like the like the character. I just I understand what they're doing where he's he is he embodies the characters of Kirk, right? But uh at the same time fucking uh, he's supposed to very much be in, in against Kirk and like this butt uh, like butting heads endlessly with with Captain Kirk, right? Why are you smiling? Are you are you because I want to say correct, <laughs> 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 correct. <laughs> how do you feel? How do you feel? I don't understand yes, the question. How do you feel? Yeah. <laughs> correct. <laughs> Oh man, that was Star Trek Four, though. I know, I'm yeah, only kidding. Yeah, yeah, that is a great scene, though, and they obviously rehashed that that kind of concept <laughs> for the the teaching or the kids, kind of like in the in the new one, which is cool. In any case, we'll get to that again. Mm-hmm. Sorry, just, jumping we're, ahead. We just, yeah. in, in, just no, we're just like, we shouldn't have done this format in retrospect. It's just infinite blue balls about everything. Every time we go to talk about something, we'll get to it. But whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, uh, what film? Search for Spock. Yeah, Search for Spock. It's not, it's, a, it's, a, it's an it's an odd film, like odd number film. So you know it's one of the shitty ones. But it's the best of, of the, the odd, odd ones, films. like by far. Prefer, yeah, by far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I've never been a big fan of of the whole like th- th- this of th- when they do all this Vulcan religious shit. It always throws me off because like they're they're supposed to be a society that thrives on logic, and then they kind of inject this undertone of like almost a religious energy to everything, and that always bothers me. Like when they're on Vulcan and it's just everyone's kind of like weird and creepy and monkey kind of thing. Not monkey, like monkish. Yeah, it it, it kind of throws me off. I don't know, but I, who cares what I think because it's still fucking awesome. Um, I I, I don't know I. I like the generations going through the kind of like quick development of Spock is interesting. It's, yeah. You know, I, it's another one of those lore expansion things. Yeah. And again, I feel like it's, it's service to, to this group of people that, you know, that, that do want to know more about all of, all of these kind of, uh, you know, uh, like just lore esoterica, just mm. like, you know, Vulcan puberty or whatever, where yeah. they, go through that burning feeling thing. Yeah. Like a yeah. pond far. Uh, yeah. Like I, I just, I, I have no interest in watching that. I don't know. It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't um, do anything. for But me. John Larroquette was in it. That's right. <laughs> 2000 Cali cans. And we haven't even talked about Christopher Lloyd yet. <laughs> yeah. He was yes. good as a Klingon. He was, he was very there. good as he a Klingon. Was. Good. Yeah. yeah. His delivery he, of the Klingon language was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Why he definitely really stole the show in that movie. 
at some point. Why does he all of a sudden start speaking English, though, at some point? Or is that supposed to be the translation for I think the it's viewer? Im- yeah, I think it's implied. So that we all have a hearing. universal translator in our fucking yeah. heads? Yeah. That's kind of the assumption in Star Trek in general. That's okay. Because yeah. they do that. Well, they, I know yeah. that that's yeah, exactly, the assumption yeah. in Star Trek in general when they're talking to other Starfleet officials. But if yeah. we're just getting an insight into their ship, yeah. you'd think we would be seeing, like, fucking subtitles with... yeah. It'd be funny if they were speaking Klingon, but the subtitles were in Romulan or something. <laughs> <laughs> so he just uh, <laughs> you have no idea what's going on. Yeah, because yeah, they do that in six as well with Plummer. Remember? Yeah, he starts yeah. in the in the court. Anyways, but yeah, it's the yeah, same it's, thing. Yeah. Suddenly, well, that English. they explain though that you they have the universal translator right. on at least so in that. Yeah, that's yeah. true. In yeah. that scene, because you're hearing it from the perspective of Kirk again, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just one neck beard in the audience laughing his ass off <laughs> on the entire rest of the theater. It's just like, what does this even mean? <laughs> Uh, the rest of these people don't appreciate Romulan humor. They don't <laughs> get the joke. <laughs> uh, I knew those night school classes learning Klingon would pay off. <laughs> Whatever, Romulan. <laughs> Which they apparently is a real thing. They showed that in that documentary, Trekkies from the 90s, where like there was a there was a class, there was an actual professor teaching Klingon to a classroom in a really? night school yeah. at a community college. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Yeah, and some of the class mem- class members were actually coming in full Klingon. Klingon regalia? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And singing, they were singing like the chant songs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the one song, because what, you know. Oh. It was about Kalos or something. Yeah, yeah. it was about Kalos. <laughs> yeah. It was like reminiscent of the episode of uh, TNG when Worf is teaching that planet of of peaceful Klingons, the way of the Klingons. When he's, look, when he, when he's, yeah. when he's looking yeah. for his father because yeah. he heard he survived the battle. Yeah, and the Ketterman. daughter of the people who are on the board starts getting into it too and she starts singing and shaking her fist. And they're like, stop it! Stop it now! <laughs> this is anarchy! This is Klingon anarchy! Yeah. <laughs> Why does this stir my blood? Yeah. <laughs> this is a bat love. Yeah. Question for you about number three, which we aren't talking about much right now. No. Um because all of these films are very close in chronology uh i i always have trouble figuring out where two ends and three begins the funeral sequence for spock mm-hmm. is at the beginning of three correct yes and that like to this day as a grown man i still get a little fucking weepy oh for sure when kirk uh, you know it <laughs> I love when the they parodied human? it on Family Guy when Stewie's oh. Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. But, it, like, I was watching it, not this week, but, when, no, all the way back when we first started talking about doing this episode, um, I did uh, I did Wrath, and then I went straight into Spock, and I fucking was, like, literally, like, wet in, in, under my eyes like i had to like fucking wipe it away like not full-on crying but i was getting emotional like i was in that fucking moment it'd be were you at work when you were watching the movie yeah naked really so no you could say the beginning of star trek 3 gets Wait, you wet no to what work or naked <laughs> work oh okay oh okay i was so naked. you were naked you yeah. just weren't at work okay. that's why okay. i was crying <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. It's it's a good movie though. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Pon Far happens, I think, what once every seven years yeah. for the Vulcan male. Mm-hmm. Sounds right. Yeah, and it's like the worst time of their life because mm-hmm. they're trying to fight all their urges and stuff. 
Yeah, start yeah. getting hair in all kinds of funny places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's when Spock has to hide in his uh, quarters and meditate intensively yeah. and quote unquote meditate, meditate. Yeah. Yeah, and drink out of that insane blue glass that he has. Yeah. Uh, anyways, he is a teenager. He's smoking weed and jerking off. That's like, right. That's what he's doing. <laughs> that's all he it just is. has a bong and a bunch of fucking nudie magazines. Got an in there. Xbox in there. <laughs> <laughs> Some Grateful Dead records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like burning incense. It's got like, the, the whole all the lights are off. And he's just strung up Christmas lights all over. <laughs> That's extra There's a lava lamp. <laughs> Spock, my god, man. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> what is this pond far thing? This looks fun. This this movie was my last place, but I think it's it's more because of just what like it sits between number 2 and number 4. Uh, like you know, to yeah. follow Wrath of Khan, you you it's kind hard. of like yeah. yeah, and and then to be followed by Voyage Home is just like that that because you you have like <clears throat> you have a, a drama and then you have a comedy with kind of a hybrid of those two genres and action in between, and when you look at it as one arc, if you don't separate them into films. It's this amazing roller coaster ride where you're like, how the fuck did they even do this? You know, they really do um, kind of just throw away every convention of filmmaking and storytelling uh, in terms of format, you know, um, that there is, you know, because they go through the cycle of a tragedy. They go through the cycle of a comedy. They... They do an act structure in one film and then they do just basically linear, chaotic storytelling in another. Uh, it's really fucking interesting, man. And, uh, and then, it, yeah, so it, it, as much as we have it pretty low on the list, it's it's a pretty damn cool movie. If by just by proxy of being uh, next to its neighbors, respectively. I think I might have basically bombed this one for for the rest of you guys. I yeah. think this would be rated a lot higher with them. And it's essential because, like, like you said, it's it the one arc. Yeah. It's part of the trilogy. Yeah. Like yeah, two and bridge. two through four are a trilogy, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. It's the bridge. The bridge. It was yeah. like well, it was like a bridge between. <laughs> yeah, Spock to the bridge immediately. Um, <clears throat> Quick uh, quick note before we go to break. I just realized, because you brought up the work thing, right? So when I'm in the office sometimes, um, naked, I think uh, uh, we have this thing on, on the phone system where uh, if it's coming in, just someone's dialed an extension, the call's coming in, right? It will You'll, you'll pick it up and the whisper in your ear will say, uh, um, answering a call from the queue. And I always giggle, like, every time that I hear that. Because in my head, it's just like, it's a cute continuum calling me. Yeah. Right? And I tried to explain why oh, I'm laughing to someone. You try to explain that one to someone at work. Yeah. <laughs> it's about the Q continuum. Isn't that yeah. hilarious? He's on, <laughs> he's on hold to give you a rant about why humans are a savage child race. <laughs> but yeah. Well, first, I prefaced it was le- with, like, do you like Star Trek The Next Generation? <laughs> you really have to. And then they know. went, yes. And then I was like, do you know what the Q continuum is? And they were like, no. what (laughs) but they like the show yeah it's like did you not see the first or last episode of the series or half of them in between like 
with John Delancey. Like, fuck me, man. But yeah, it was frustrating. So this is why I don't like to talk about fucking Star Trek with people. Because that's hilarious to me, and apparently you guys as well, but fucking nobody else thinks it's funny. Well, Star Trek fans who haven't seen Star Trek aren't going to appreciate it. Well, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> apparently yeah. Is watching. that like a piece of R2-D2 or something? <laughs> <laughs> no. Fuck off. All right. Yeah. Let's take a little break, come back, and let's get into it. our top one, two, three, four, five, six films. Gentlemen, and then we'll wrap it up with a little bit of uh, a roundtable on uh, fucking Beyond. Star Trek Beyond. Star Trek. All right, so next week, a conversation that Devin and I recently had on computer-generated visual effects in film. So that's next Wednesday. And then in two weeks, it's our reaction panel on Captain America Civil War. We hope that you'll join us then. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're back and it's time to get to our top however many remaining. I think six. Six. Yeah. Six. So. Yeah, we're halfway. We're halfway. I like that. We actually went to break at the right time for a change. All right. So our top six films. Uh, where are we here? Coming in at number six is the 2008 mm. reboot or alternate timeline Star Trek. <clears throat> yeah. It's the one where Kirk is driving a uh, Ford Taurus full speed. Oh, with the Nokia cell phone? Yeah. Yeah, he's driving. He's It's a red Ford Taurus <laughs> with gray trim. <laughs> and he drives it all the way to the cliff. And then uh, his Beastie Boys tapes falls out of the... <laughs> tape deck it was a cassette right? no i'm just no. kidding around it wasn't a taurus either i think it was a corvette oh okay it was it wasn't a ford it was taurus. a mazda miata well they're both classic cars they are they are now in our time and also mm-hmm. his own yeah <laughs> and a, a lot of things they like i liked seeing uh a lot of things they did right um for for like uh you know getting the series started kind of on the right note like i liked seeing um Instead of a bunch of panoramic shots of the ship in space, you got to see that awesome, like, under construction uh, shot. It was really cool. The Enterprise yeah. just did, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Like the like Death Star, the Return of the Jedi. Like the docking bays, yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it was it was decent. Yeah. It was, it was decent. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. Very action-packed. Thor is uh, excellent. He did a good job. I also like how uh, when this is a you know like when Kirk's in the bar drinking Budweiser. Yeah, that's a good scene. Into a fight. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Budweiser classics. A lot of product placements yeah. so far. Yeah, yeah there oh, is. Yeah, yeah, there's a yeah. ton of product placement in this film for sure. Um, <clears throat> they're uh, yeah, they're Nokia tricorders. Do we have? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I hope not. Yeah. I, I, I like I like them bringing back the uh, Christopher Pike character from the pilot. I think that's a cool uh, spin on it, mm-hmm. having him be the original captain of the Enterprise, and this timeline again making it, you know, uh, just connect with the I guess technically seventy nine if you count the pilot uh, episodes of TOS. So yeah, I, I I like this film. It's just it does it it feels actiony. To a little bit too much of an extent, the humor is super on point and feels like Star Trek to me. 
the humor is great. Like the, I'd have to agree with you there. The the all, obviously all the 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 Kirk and McCoy exchange when the uh, when they first board the Enterprise because Kirk can't uh, come on board, so he's the attending physician. All of these things and numb tongue and uh, the giant hands. These are all great. And feels again like that, like the world that we know. So uh, uh, that's why I put it so high. I think I put it at number seven on my list. So I guess I'm technically below where some of you guys put it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I. I'd like to do since we're in our top six. Let's do a round of favorite scenes, gentlemen. I like favorite scenes. Sean, you mind kicking us off? In the okay, so. Um... Favorite scenes um, from the from the Star Trek 2008 reboot. Yeah, yeah from the reboot. Um, hard to say. There was. It's it's a good movie all around, like front to back. I it's it's very enjoyable. Do you like the uh, Kobayashi Maru? Yeah, that was cool. I liked how um, showing it. I like that. Yeah, and like I like how uh, when Kirk is in uh, Starfleet Academy, his girlfriend's in Orion like an orion slave girl from like the original series i thought that was a cool touch Mm -hmm. you know and he hides her under his bed when uhura comes in or he hides under her bed sorry yeah Yeah, that's right because they're roommates yeah Yeah. uhura's the roommate um the scene me breathing again feels like star trek yeah It, it did it was it was a good movie i liked um the scene that always pops into my head where i thought like wow this is a this movie is pretty good is when uh kirk and bones meet in the uh the shuttlecraft yeah. to go to the enterprise and they immediately establish that this this actor that's playing bones is like bang on like mm-hmm. he's perfect and he makes that crack about all it takes is one little breach in the hull and their boil their blood will boil and they'll die and then he talks about how his wife left him and she took everything but his bones. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, so that's why his name is Bones. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's... nothing to do with him being a doctor at <laughs> <Yeah>. all. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, if I had to pick the one scene that I like the most, it's probably that one, that exchange between the Kirk and Bones and the transport in the, uh, shuttlecraft. Yeah. Excellent. Devon, Devon G? Uh, I liked seeing the Kobayashi Maru. Yeah. I think that's, it's a part of, um, I don't know, it's a, like, a, Got referenced, uh, you know. A yeah, throw, it's a it's a throwback to two. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I like it. I like, I like seeing him actually cheat. Like, yeah, they, they, yeah. you know, they imply that he cheats, mm-hmm. so it's fun. Sometimes that really doesn't work in film. Like when you go back and you do a prequel, and I know this technically is continuing. It's it's on the same timeline per se. But it's it's it, even it, technically it's still forward for the viewer, but the story has gone all the way back because technically you are at that point following old Spock back. Yeah. So, so we're we're between the motion picture and Wrath of Khan at that point. No, no, we're we're after uh, we're after generations at that point technically because like he it, the thing is like keep in mind like we're, we're the far or yeah like we're still in Spock's timeline yeah, here, yeah. so um, you know he. He uses the red matter to, um, to, to to kind of offset the, the the effects of the sun going supernova or whatever and destroying the uh, Romulan homeworld and all all of this shit. Um, but 
he uh you're following him at that point mm. you know so it's on spock's timeline it's still the same timeline on mm. everyone else's you're back at zero technically mm. or in a new mm. timeline wasn't so it vulcan that was dest- i thought it was vulcan that was destroyed no, well, Vulcan's destroyed in the new timeline. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. But that's okay. why Eric Bana is so pissed. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I never realized I gotta see that one again. Wait, which one? Sorry, the, I gotta see this. Oh, one the reboot. Yeah. Star, <laughs> you know what's Star Trek? Eric Bana. You know what's crazy is I never realized that Spock's mom was played by Winona Ryder when I saw it in the theater the first time. I didn't pick that up for some reason. That's insane. I don't know why? And I really I know her Still well. Great, I'm yeah. a fan. I just I guess. The makeup and maybe the time that had passed, maybe I don't know. I just maybe it's because was... she didn't steal anything in that film. <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for something. Yeah, and she didn't dance Fire to any uh, Harry Belafonte music or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she was great in that. It was she was also pretty cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did. How did you guys feel about what they did with the uh, the Romulan aesthetic with the tattoos and so forth? It's obviously because they show the old, like they show on Romulus, they show. Um, like the traditional aesthetic of a Romulan that we know. So is that, are you to perceive that because they're on a mining vessel, they all shave their heads and tattoo themselves? Is this, I, I, I'm not. They made them seem like kind of like crazy space pirates. Or something. Exactly. Yeah. They, they, they didn't feel like they were Romulans by name only, but yeah. Cause Romulans are, um, Vulcan they're, cousins. They're like, yeah, they're Vulcans, Same. but they're these conniving, yeah, they, evil side of like the yin they and don't, the yang. yeah, they don't do the, they're not, they don't conform to logic and shit. Mm-hmm. They're completely passion uh, driven and so forth. Yeah, yeah, but yet yeah, still very cold and exacting. Mm-hmm. You know, they nail that even in um in Star. Well, we haven't gotten to it yet, but in Star Trek Six, mm-hmm. when they're speaking in the president's office and there's that one guy who's the representative of the romulans and he yep. still has that cold demeanor although he's not in a romulan in the way that most people recognize the characters yeah much like these these versions with the shaved head and the tattoos and stuff yeah but they they kind of miss that part of the the culture i suppose mm-hmm. not not miss i don't want to say miss that's mean but like just it's like it was it was just wasn't there i guess or something i don't know the um the the one that we already kind of beat up a little bit, Nemesis. I think they did a good job uh, with some of the scenes on Romulus. There, that was interesting. Uh, the be, um, but then again, maybe because Tom Hardy was supposed to like in the Shinzon characters to be so much larger than life that you have to play it reserved. But I think that as a result, they did kind of bring across that reserved element that you were referring to with the yeah. Romulans. Yeah. Yeah, it's just something that I just, it's my, you know, I guess at the end of the day, it's my opinion Mm -hmm. to some extent, too. I mean, like some of the listeners might be like, what? (laughs) (laughs) But it's just, it's something that I kind of always noticed about the two sides of that coin, if you will. Yeah. James, favorite scene from uh, Star Trek 2008? Yeah, 2009, sorry. When they blow up Vulcan, I hate those green-blooded bastards. I'm only kidding. Um, I don't. I. I don't. I really got to go back and watch that one again. Mm-hmm. Okay, my favorite scene from from this film. I do like the. I brought it up twice now, but I do like the Kobayashi Maru scene. I like that. I like seeing that play out. But I, and I also mentioned that I do really like to see uh, the the callback to four where they're doing multiple tests all simultaneously on Vulcan. I think that that's really cool. 
Um, <clears throat> but in terms of my my favorite scene, I think it is um, as much as I kind of think the lightning storm in space element is a little little. I don't know. It feels weird for even the Star Trek universe, and the red matter is kind of like uh, it. It fits in, but it feels like a patch job just to get them there. We need something, but um, I mean something that sounds Star Trekky. But I love the um, the when Kirk wakes up on on the Enterprise, and Pike is still obviously uh, the captain at that point. And he he's he's like he he has plays back the message and uh, immediately has to go and find Ahura and and take them up to the 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 ship. It's you start to see the Kirk that you know because it's like I I don't care about anything. I don't care about any of the shit. Like we have to you know prime directive out the window. If there was an element of that, which in this case there isn't, um, you know the the. Uh, the wellness of of anyone else other than my crew is 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 first and foremost like my emotional connection to the situation is the most important thing and you start to see that that both the leadership quality and his uh stubbornness coming through and then also just like i already said the wonderful comedy in that scene is just fantastic shoot from the hip style exactly Mm -hmm. all right shall we move along gentlemen sure okay and uh, so number five on our list is Generations. And I like this one a lot. Uh, I like it a lot, but I do have problems with it. Uh, I know that we all kind of express some issues with it off air, but I, I kind of want to stay to the positive. If that's all right with everyone. Yeah, I like it. I like Generations. Why, you yeah, like I didn't mind it. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was cool, a good cool. movie. It's always nice to see Kirk on a horse, you know, just riding around enjoying things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cooking eggs and toast. <laughs> yeah. I like when he's waiting. He's like, something's missing. And then the toast pops up and he goes, mm. And he like points at it. That's what it was. It's like making breakfast for Picard. <laughs> Malcolm McDowell with his awesome fucking side gun situation I love, I love that fucking gun like he points it at someone and then he's got to wait for it to like fucking turn mm-hmm. so instead of him just turning his hand to the side and looking all gangster he actually the gun turns for him yeah i love that that's pretty badass and he's great in it um whoopi goldberg i've always been fond for his guy and i love the fact that she pushed to be on tng she, you know, she didn't have to be. And I remember seeing an interview with Patrick Stewart where he said, like, I, I never understood why she wanted to be on the show until I talked to her, you know, because you're a big movie star, et cetera, at the time. And, and, and she's like, well, I grew up watching the show and it was very important for me to see a black woman on TV and so forth. So, yeah, uh, it, it's really interesting how it's a completely different connection. Say someone, uh, you know, for me watching Star Trek for the first time, I'm just like, oh, awesome, you know nerdy cool stuff you know science and yeah. explosions together this is everything i want as a as a you know the social element yeah really play there's an interesting anecdote in the trekkies documentary from nichelle nichols where she talks about how uh like this he, she basically says like there was this actress who was watching star trek as a kid and saw nichelle nichols on tv and said that's it i'm gonna be an actress and it turned out to be Whoopi Whoopi goldberg Goldberg, yeah you know and also uh interesting 
to note too is Nichelle Nichols was going to leave. This is sort of off topic, but yeah. Nichelle Nichols was going to leave the show, and Martin Luther King talked her talked her into staying. Yeah, he I've was also a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Jimi Hendrix was a huge Star Trek and fan. George Clinton. Yeah. I wonder how they felt about that episode where Abraham Lincoln called the new Oh, Charlie Chris. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was crazy. That was a terrible episode. Yeah. yeah, that's a tense. It's also a bad episode. I'll yeah. tell you that. Yeah. I remember you guys were staying at my place and you were like, let's watch the Abe Lincoln TOS <laughs> yeah. episode. And I'm like, really? All right. <laughs> who gets who gets to it does it does no abraham lincoln gets a spear chucked in his back somebody, <laughs> somebody else gets smashed with a rock though or maybe they're about to get smashed with a rock i can't remember but it's, yeah i forget too king is gone <laughs> oh god there was a huge uh, social conscience conscience element to the original yeah, series that for was sure really uh cool but i like how they they still you'll hear a lot of um thought on on him uh, particularly gene roddenberry still kind of being a little bit chauvinistic in the fact it's like all the women still wear short skirts and you know in all seriousness uhura basically just answers the phone mm-hmm. like she's a receptionist yeah <laughs> i was yeah like, so there's still but it's something uh, yeah it's, it's something, something. Yeah. and that's true it's this, and i know that there's an, there's an interview with with spock where he talks about or with with Leonard Nimoy, where he talks about um, Gene Roddenberry wanting more alien characters and uh, more diversity in in the main cast, and in the first pilot, he really didn't get it, and and even they had to take away the the female second officer uh, or female first officer rather, and and um, and some of these things like that that he really really wanted and that Spock was kind of the one thing that he could hold on to that alien element um so maybe I'm maybe I'm off point because I, maybe he was kind of uh addressing equality in just a different way but there is some elements in there that are very much of the time mm-hmm. and you can, I guess you can't escape that but well they they tackle even uh concepts like the there was like at the in the 60s like the the black white mm mm-hmm. mhm issue which was with the characters who were half black half white Mm. but it was the two characters that were arguing the left side was white and the right side was black and Mm. vice versa so they hated each other because of that so it was like this clever way of (laughs) of you know covering what was really going on on the streets if you will let this be your last battlefield that was the episode that's yeah yeah, thank you yes thank you yeah yeah so you know what i mean it's like it was this clever way of uh it's also interesting to note that gene roddenberry had a interesting career preceding his writing career for star trek he was a pilot in the air force yep and then was also a member of the lapd yep yep and then out of all i guess out of all of all that experience i think he was even a commercial airline pilot at one yeah all too. before he ever got into it yeah. so it's like yeah. he had this depth of uh i guess knowledge he was know? he was also a lyricist that's right, he was. <laughs> so he could, so he could get a, a royalty yeah. every time the yeah. game was played. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, pretty brilliant. But Alexander Courage just like hated him. Yeah, but, uh, just like fucking. Right, it's this beautiful piece of music. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, what man. movie are we talking about? Any? <laughs> uh, we're talking about generations. Yeah. Go. 
Yeah. Were we? Yeah. Well, because oh. it was it was Gai- the Guinan adding yeah. Guinan yeah. to the Nexus yeah. part of the film. We really got on a tangent there. Yeah. Guinan's a great character. Though. Guinan is a great character. She's I almost love like a stamp all her of approval. Yeah. yeah, I love all her moments throughout the series and in this film as well with uh, with Picard, particularly like usually in Ten Forward. Uh, just I I love Guinan. She's just the fucking best, man. So cool. Um. Any you want to let's do favorite favorite scenes on this one too. Let's keep this going. I like I like doing generations. Yeah, let's start with James this time. Uh, Start with someone else. Let me think. Okay, let's start with (laughs) Um, someone else. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. I mean, I I um, but something that that uh, you touched on earlier, Sean, was just like I think especially for our generation, it's easy uh, for people to write off the original series as kind of an irrelevant joke. Like it's just it's campy and and silly and and you know that's all it is to a lot of people but to then see uh picard just in such like oh, yeah. just totally mm-hmm. starstruck by by seeing kirk like that's such a good good feel like mm-hmm. he's just like like you you were it man like you were you know starfleet like, yeah and convincing made... him to come back and like yeah. be that again like that that's such a uh yeah, just such a, a great uh, connection point for a lot of people into that, you know. Now, and just just kind of uh, this this character's enthusiasm for Kirk almost almost puts a little bit of that into you, you know. Yeah, it really this this film as as much as say for example the episode of TNG that Spock's on, which James we're gonna go to you for episode names here. What's that one called? Unification. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Part part one and two. <laughs> What episode uh is it in the no it's not in those episodes that uh that um Sarek uh mind melts with Picard is it Where does he do um, that I'm trying to think I was going to I don't know In any case yeah, That's a good question Cuz I know that Spock doesn't ever choose to meld with, with Picard Yeah doesn't ever choose to meld with his ditty He mind melts with Kirk Who Sarek in um Star Trek Three. Yeah, yeah. In any case, oh uh, yeah. Um, and that was pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember where the fuck I was going with this. Yeah, well, it was favorite favorite scenes, scenes from generations. Am I doing my favorite? Sure, scene? yeah, 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 okay. yeah. All right, so my favorite scene from generations is is probably. Uh, that's this one's hard because I love that whole sequence too, and I was gonna kind of go with that. I was figuring no one was gonna take that, so I'll go once. Uh, once he actually comes back, and just this hilarious fight sequence that, that plays out between uh, like Malcolm McDowell is just like going essentially kind of fighting in lairs. These two, like one, I guess Picard has to get to the bomb. Is that right? And Kirk is straight up fighting Malcolm McDowell, uh, Soren. Right? Is that how it works? Yeah. 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 So that's uh, I. I love that sequence. I. I love just the uh, the whole like fucking bonehead idea of just like getting these planets into alignment so you can hop in the nexus and everything. Like it's just it, it's fantastic and it's so it makes that character of Soren so uh, I don't know just next level batshit crazy that you almost want to root for him just so like, yeah, fuck up the universe just so I can see what happens. You know, it's not my universe. So fuck it. 
But uh, yeah, so I I love how that sequence plays out, and obviously you get two fucking Kirk deaths in a film, so that's pretty goddamn emotional. Uh, yeah, amazing. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's up next? Uh, I'll go. Um, well, I, well, I like when Data says, oh shit, when the Enterprise is about to crash. <laughs> that was pretty good. But, uh, yeah, the scene when, when Picard and Data are in the astrometri- astrometrics lab doing the 3D projection with the planets. Yeah, yeah They yeah. finally figure out and what storms. Stellar cartography. That's what I meant, sorry. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and they finally, <laughs> they finally figure out what Soren is doing. I thought that scene was pretty cool. Let's spend as little time on this deck as possible. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you know, if anything happens, stellar cartography. Yeah, every is the every fucking episode, it's always like we've lost we've lost uh, oxygen to stellar cartography. <laughs> yeah, like the whole deck of stellar cartography is gone. Like every fucking episode, it's fine. It's just data in there. You just need to breathe. Yeah. No, but it's just it's hilarious. Like every fucking time that like uh, one area of the ship gets blown up, it's always the part that is actually for what they're in space for. You know, it's it's hilarious. Captain, come down to stellar cartography. We've got some information that's of vital importance. Can you just can you just put that bring on my up. monitor? Yeah, like, just bring uh, it up here. Yeah, just, just read it off to me. And then he falls for the girl that works in stellar cartography, right? Uh, Picard. And so, like, he's going down there and shit. I totally be in- invite her up to the fucking, <laughs> fucking not your deck. place, yeah, my place, my place. <laughs> Come to my quarters. That's where I want you. I'll play a flute. Yeah, you can play your <laughs> that towel piano. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what was your scene? I just thought it stellar cartography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a huge set. Actually, now that I think about it, it's beautiful. Much more than you would ever think when they're just blowing the fuck out of stellar cartography in every episode. Sean, you're up last. Oh, it's tough. You guys already... Uh, it's... um, Yeah, I mean, like, when, when Picard sees Kirk, it's cool. Because he's get, you know, he gets this big smile on his face. And you don't see Picard smile too often. It's yeah. Cool. And he's almost like a little kid in a way. But... um. I think uh, it's the, all the scenes you guys have named are all awesome. Um, I, the only thing the opening I, is great too. We didn't even touch on the opening too. It's true. It's I don't know. I I like in the fight scene, you know, when Kirk bites it. I I kind of always felt like they gave him, <laughs> they kind of gave William Shatner like the actor. I always mm-hmm. kind of felt like they gave him a second chance. Yeah, at the, the big one, battle yeah. scene because in five it totally bombed. Yeah, you know what I mean. It just kind of always seemed like they let him try it again but with someone else at the helm you know so uh, i always thought that was cool and i like how he says oh my like right right as he's about to or oh dear he says something he says oh my those oh my. Are his last words yeah. yeah right before he goes and it's like uh yeah okay cool hmm. but yeah it's the uh, i like generations though it's a good film good flick yeah all right so next on our list our number four selection star trek six the undiscovered country Gentlemen, I don't know how this is so high on the list, to be honest. Like, I like this film. Christopher Plummer is great. Don't get me wrong. And that's, I like the, the, the no gravity blood sequence is pretty damn cool. Um, you know, the, uh, contrived assassination. I like all of it. I, I, I love the angle of the film. Don't get me wrong. But it, it, I don't know. It just, I, I you're going to have to explain to me because I know you, particularly Sean and James, I think you guys are what pushed this up the rankings here. So Evan did. He put it at his number one. No, he didn't. <laughs> he put it, no, oh, you didn't? 
That was the wrong, uh, yeah. wrong movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you guys got to explain to me My here. nine. <laughs> so you guys got to explain to me here what brought this so high up the rankings. Because, like, I love this film. Don't get me wrong, but give me... How is this? How is this at number four? I think because, for me anyways, uh, it redeemed the uh the films because it was a good it was better than you know theoretically better than five subjectively you know (laughs) better than five it's also i just found it it was an entertaining film like i liked um the whodunit aspect yeah 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 and there's there's a lot a lot better this time didn't it Uh, yeah yeah like yeah that's that's Mm -hmm. true there's a lot of there's a lot of uh inclusion of actors in the star trek universe too like michael dorn plays the uh the the uh lawyer the attorney who represents bones and kirk Mm -hmm. um the guy great he's awesome the guy who runs the prison camp is the same actor who played data's grandfather you're right and he's also he's also on the vulcan council in the reboot film from 2008 yeah there's a lot of that yeah which i like yeah i i I, I do love the crossover in all seriousness, uh, we didn't even mention it in the first segment, but uh, uh, Paul Winfield uh, is in one of. Uh, obviously, he's the guy with the with the worm in his brain mm-hmm. in in Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. He is uh, he's in Darmok. Darmok in mm-hmm. July. Yeah, at Tanagra. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, lots of. He's in. He's in. I think almost every iteration until he mm-hmm. passed away of Star Trek. And there's there's a lot of cats. Tuvok, the actor that plays Tuvok, is in an episode of the Next Generation, the one where they're docked up. Yep. Die um, Hard in Space. Die Hard in yeah, the yeah. Die Hard in Space episode. That was yeah. the Barry and Sweep episode. Yeah. Uh, Starship Mine was the name of it. Was it? Yeah. Right on. I was, yeah. The other thing I like about Six that I didn't like initially about the film, but it increased my appreciation of the film. Yeah. Is the inclusion of Christopher Plummer in the film, because yeah. uh, in the documentary, the captains, if anyone's seen it, um, they just, they explain why Shatner and Plummer are buddies. It's because Shatner was Christopher Plummer's understudy at Stratford. They were both Stratford Shakespearean actors. Oh, cool. Yeah. And the way that Shatner got his start essentially was that they make a joke about it where Christopher Plummer basically said to Bill Shatner, I guess, like in a pub or something. He said, "But hey, uh, Bill, I'm going to be sick for a month," which meant like, "Here's your shot. You're gonna you're gonna get to be you know mm. front and center." And Shakespeare plays front and center throughout in the that film. film. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm. Like with the, the, the classic last scene, line, yeah, yeah, before they to blow. be or not, not to, to be. be. <laughs> so I, I always thought that was cool, and it just it, it strengthened my appreciation of the film because it's like, wow, that's cool. Like, yeah, that is great. Why do you have this so high on your list, Sir James? Um, I don't know. I just like it. I don't know. I have no rationale. It's just a good movie. <laughs> yeah, so are yeah. we back to the Star Wars episode where you just sit there and look pretty? Is that what I don't know. <laughs> I think I was... But thank a, you. I was a bit unfair to this one. I put this one at number nine. I would probably take that back. I think there's something else I could... Yeah, this is a pretty fun film. Uh Let's do a round of favorite scenes on this one because there's so many memorable ones. Uh, Sean, kick us off. Go. Well, I mean, I already said it, but it, it's at the end when Christopher be. Plummer says to be or not to be. Because all there, I think a couple weeks ago, I sent James a text. All I wrote was to be or not to be. 
And then dot, 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 dot. And then he wrote back, you're watching six, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yep. I like that. It kind of ties the whole, it ties the film, for me, it ties the film together, but it also ties kind of like the backstory and surrounding circumstances of the film Mm. together as well. Yeah. There's an episode of, uh, of, uh, TOS that also, it's a, it's a, it's a line from Macbeth, right? All your yesterdays. I got to do the whole line here, but uh, it's the one oh, where, uh, where, where right. a, yeah, Atos or Atos, the the guy with the fucking uh, computer of like all the history and the the uh, the planet's gonna go like it's gonna or the sun explode and it's gonna destroy the planet and um, I think uh, McCoy, Kirk, and Spock land on the planet and. Uh, Spock like or sorry they all go through this fucking machine and they end up in different times or like McCoy and Kirk end oh, up together okay. yeah, yeah, yeah or no McCoy and Spock end up together and Kirk is uh, somewhere else and he ends up in fucking prison and stuff that's a that when I know for a fact 100% it's it's a line from Macbeth hmm. for sure uh, the name of the episode and it's a it's a really really fun episode I really like that episode it's probably it's embarrassing I can't think of the title or the line from Macbeth I should be able to hmm. recite both i can't remember that episode off the top of my yeah head, it's good man. man it's a good one because huh. like, like a to z is the guy's name like it's just all put together that's that's the idea of the name mm. anyway yeah i don't remember that one devin your favorite scene sir uh, now that i've derailed the conversation to talk about uh, tos the zero g pink poorly. blood is probably my earliest memory of of star trek in general i mm. think we had it on vhs and i saw it and i was like oh like to taste that. <laughs> it looks oh, pretty good, right? Like, it looks like, like Jello. Yeah. yeah. Devin wants the taste of Klingon blood. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's, it's um, I don't know. It all it, it's it, my recollection of a lot of the earlier films is pretty spotty. But but I, I was like six. Wait a minute, like fighting Klingons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, that. <laughs> it's a good one. And at this point, like Kirk fucking hates Klingons. Yeah just fucking hates them and they hate him and i love that that they're going for his head and like you said michael doran's like fucking defending them and shit just it's great and that probably would be my favorite scene like we talked about before where you hear it from kirk's perspective uh and and you know you hear the court proceedings so mine's pretty easy i can knock mine down right now i like that also because i'm a tng fan so it's like fucking you know Oh right, they, he he like he gets uh, put on trial, and you get to see it from the other point of view in this yeah. movie, don't you? Where it's like you are a mass goddamn murderer. Yeah, <laughs> like you, you're you're like it's like um, the uh, ending to the book uh, "I Am Legend" or something. Yeah, like that, yeah, know, exactly. Like, it is very "I Am this, Legend." Like yeah. you are not a hero. You are a guy who has killed Kill like, a lot of people. A million Klingons. Fuck you. <laughs> is Michael Dorn supposed to be? Uh, Worf's grandfather. He's Worf's grandfather? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because his cranial ridges aren't quite up to TNG specs yet. Of course, <laughs> of course. I, like, uh, I also like the scene James. with Christian Slater, because he he, yes. he's a huge Star Trek fan in real life. Yeah. Apparently yeah, he yeah. really pushed to, Get like, just give me something. <laughs> Same with uh, Seth MacFarlane in Enterprise. He's yeah. in, like, two episodes, but just, like... For like thirty seconds, she's like, "Okay, I'm in it." That's the conniving Vulcan. What's that girl's, the lady's name? She's from Sex and the City, and she's in uh, oh, Big Trouble in Little China. Tim Cattrall. Tim Cattrall. Right. Yes. Yeah. Also interesting. Looking for a girl with green eyes. Yes. Also, the woman in the prison camp is David Bowie's wife. It's Iman. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Who's the shapeshifter? Yeah. Oh sweet. Yeah. Okay. I did not know that. Yeah. All right, this movie's was not aware up the of rankings that. for me. Yeah. So like the you know like yeah like the the, the spaceman you know like man who fell to Earth you know yeah. like Dave Bowie all that space it's kind of hmm. cool. Hmm. Space. I don't know if that space. was intentional, but like, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Uh, Any final thoughts on this film, gentlemen? Great film. I like when that alien gets kicked in the quote unquote <laughs> testicles that are in his knees. Yeah. yeah. That part was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Not all, not all species keep their genitals in the same place, Captain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a pretty, pretty good part. Again, oh. Star Trek's great at the comedic relief. Yeah. Whenever, oh, it's always you know. on point. Yeah. I like that. And also in the courtroom scene when, uh, when uh, Christopher Plummer's talking to McCoy and he seems like he's going to level with him, and he kind of leans on the round. He goes, you know, Doctor, you had more than your fair share of Romulan ale that night, didn't you? And he's like, <laughs> and then McCoy's like, we all did. He like gets a little bit. But, me, you know. but it's like he's kind of like just, oh, hey, so how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> and, then he, and then he stabs him in the back, and it's yeah. like, ouch. A yeah. mission to treat the witness as hostile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Okay, I apologize, gentlemen, because this is a great fucking film and it deserves to be a four. I'm sorry. This is the more we talk about this, the more I realize I love this fucking. You're movie. gonna watch it after, aren't you? I I actually I watched this like a week ago. Oh okay, yeah. I watched it uh, yeah. naked at work. There you go. Not a boy. No, I watched. I don't know. I watched it on the weekend. Uh, all right, Devin, this is your number one. Our yeah, number yeah. three. First contact. Why does this one tug at your heartstrings so good, the, sir? The Borg are just such a great bad guy. Just such like an unrelenting, just you know, just terrifying bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I it, it does ruin it a little that the there's queen. like the yeah that there's a queen Borg that's kind of like completely you know, yeah. yeah that. Uh, Although they kind of already broached that with the whole trying to assimilate uh, Picard and Lacutus of Borg and all of this shit. Like, they clearly, they were going down that road. And I love when the fucking, um, the first attack sequence where he knows exactly where to strike. And everyone's like, no, that doesn't look like it's vital. And then they just fucking blow it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the cube. And then, of course, the little fucking sphere comes out and shit. And... But with Locutus, it was almost like Locutus was a puppet of the collective. Yeah. Whereas in First Contact, the Queen was the puppeteer for the, the collective. collective. Which is weird. Yeah. yeah. I think it would have been better if they had established that there are more cases like this. Like, like it's sort of the reason why they, they went after Picard as well is because they assimilate these great leaders. And they've got like an inner circle of just like... Mm. You know, wicked leader. Why? What are you? No, nothing. It's, it's your. Nothing. It's, I'm just. I, I'm just laughing at him because he's making these but, weird faces at me. Like a, you know, <laughs> a, an inner circle of like Borg leaders. You know that that would kind of that so like the okay. Borg Illuminati or something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> they just the stonecutters of the they, Borg. <laughs> they take these these great minds and then they assimilate. You know, they convince them to like, and then they they lead it, they yeah. control it, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that would be forgivable, I guess. It is. It is kind of a shitty plot point that there's there's a Borg queen, but there's also phaser rifles. There's also walking outside the ship, uh, which was yeah. cool. 
Um, and, when, and when Worf says assimilate this and he fires the phaser rifle, yeah, yeah. that's pretty badass. Yeah. He should have said bitch at the end. Assimilate this bitch. <laughs> oh, man. Bam. Biatch. What is he, Jesse from Breaking Bad all of a sudden? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that weirdo exchange between the queen and Data. Yeah, <sighs> where she's getting them all hot. And yeah, there's yeah, really weird sexual undertone with that, mm-hmm. yeah. that relationship. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what that was. It was like she was basically, it's like robot sex or something. Yeah. yeah. But isn't that kind it's of like eight years, et cetera? He tells her like the <laughs> yeah, exact yeah. length of time it's been. Yeah. yeah. It's like one of the few things that data is missing though, right? I mean he gets pretty no, much he gets, the whole he's fully functional. except no yeah. really. Yeah, but yeah, multiple techniques. But he feels he feels no uh he feels yeah. no tactile pleasure though. And when How they do you know when that? because when well, they take the, the human yeah. skin onto him and yeah. she was brushing it and he was like you know what I mean? So then yeah. Data, he probably doesn't care what he's having sex with. Like, he probably, <laughs> like, if Riker was like, hey, Data, come on, you know, suck, suck it a little bit. Like, it wouldn't make any difference to him. Well, it's because he can. He has he no can sexuality or preference or anything. Yeah. He's just programmed. Well, why is he so turned on by the queen? Because she yeah. grafted that human skin to his arm, remember? Mm, no, I And, and, the, oh, okay, and the queen reactivated his emotion. Oh, well. yeah. That's, that's what right. I was going to yeah. say. That's right. That's what I wanted to say yeah. was that I thought it was the chip that he turned that off or he mm. took it out, rather. He just turned it off. Like, he oh. had it on in that away mission with yeah, Jordan. Yeah, yeah. He's telling all the jokes and open sesame with the thing with the door. Yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's when it, I guess it, be, it became. Um, yeah, not like a function so much as like a uh, an experience, I mm. suppose. Because because mm-hmm. he could theoretically have just had sex with anything, and it wouldn't have meant anything to him because he because th- he can do it. Mm-hmm. Like with Tasha Yar, it's like he's yeah. like I can blah 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 because he's yeah. just accessing his memory banks and mm-hmm. of porn, I suppose, or I don't know what yeah. what he's I don't know how where that's coming from. Yeah, it's like some sort of but, Android Kama Sutra built in. Yeah, that's you know what I mean? Like it's I don't know what exactly it was he was basing it's a, I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. No, it's interesting and sick. it really is. Actually. It's interesting and sick. Yeah. We're going also, down also on a side note, there was a TNG episode. It was Descent Part One. Yeah. Where uh, you know, over Data, he kills the Borg and he feels the emotion and everything. And then later in the episode, he's trying to recreate that emotional state on the holodeck and he's describing all these things he's done to Jordy and he's like I even tried uh, subjecting myself to erotic imagery which pretty much means he was watching holodeck porn or something (laughs) first contacts the one two were like they don't they they blow up the cube um they blow it up pretty quick, and then the sphere comes out. Does it happen again oh, later? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. they blow something up, and doesn't Data go like, yes, like he's happy? Yeah, that's like right. Because like the comedic uh-huh. element of Star Trek again. And his, and his emotion chip his is His emotion chip's on, yeah. Do you remember when, uh, again, to go back to that opening sequence, just because I, when I rewatched it again, it's one of the first ones I actually rewatched, because like you, Devin, I get pretty excited about watching it when I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, and uh, I... I forgot all about the fact that fucking Riker, right in the middle of a crisis, as they're following the fucking sphere to Earth, mm-hmm. um, turns to Worf and is like, do you still know how to uh, man tactical or whatever the line is? I can't remember what the line is, but he st- are you still know how to fire a photon or what? Like something like that. Uh, and it's just like, dude, you're second in command and you're fucking cracking jokes while you know your planet is being fucking destroyed yeah. through like a temporal rift like just 
Just like <laughs> keep it in your fucking pants for like two yeah. seconds. Is that one of the ones that Jonathan Frakes fucking directed too? Could That's be. possible. Yeah, he did. He did direct. So he had to direct one of the films. I'm pretty I think, sure. I, yeah, well, Riker and Worf voice had like uh, a yeah, yeah. So that's why that's he right. wants to fucking yuck it up, guys. Wow. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, well, Riker and Worf voice had like this kind of bromance going though which throughout. is so funny because they both they've shared uh deanna troy so which to speak is true. Mm-hmm. like yeah. there's that one terrible like, wording but maybe okay deanna troy has had at both of them yeah mm. let's put it that way counselor yeah. troy yeah like she seems like she wears the pants in them both oh, relationships sure. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that which is what's i guess sort of ironic about it that it's like the two burliest guys, guys yeah. on the ship and yeah she just has them both on fucking leashes i love yeah. it yeah yeah nice they've always like had this back and forth about toughness and whatnot like there was that tng episode where i think they were fighting borg but they had become more cunning and intuitive in their fighting style yeah and when they got back to the ship and they're in the boardroom riker's explaining this to the rest of the crew bridge staff Mm -hmm. and he's saying you know yeah they were very blah blah blah. they almost fought like klingons then he says to Worf, uh no offense and Worf is like very proud by this he's like none taken that was the that was descent part one as well yeah because they were referencing the scene where data experiences the emotions Mm -hmm. oh yeah that's right because he rips that fucking place up yeah yeah Yeah. great but in any case, first contact, favorite scenes, gentlemen. Let's start it off with you, Devin. Uh, definitely the fight outside, the, the fight out uh, out in space. Like, I love um, just that fear of just, like, you know, if you, if you like, get knocked off of this thing, you're just gone. Mm. Like, that happens to a guy, doesn't it? Doesn't, doesn't one of the guys get thrown off? Um, yeah, off a warp ship. It's like it? it's like a yeah, like a red shirt or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, uh, you think uh, Worf dies, but he like tied up the the hole in his suit or whatever. Like it's like certain death he's he's facing out there. I yeah. And they and they get to bring out the the rifles at that point. They really go ham with them. It's mm-hmm. pretty pretty sweet. I take it. I don't know. I I mean, and, and granted, I'm probably pointing out like the least Star Trek scene in a yeah. series of Star Trek movies to be such a such a high point. But like, it's just it's obviously they're going to have the the facilities for this kind of shit. Like, it's not as if you can go through the the entire history of of space travel. Without having to bring out the the rifles every every once in a while, mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. can't you know just talk down every you know supreme hologram being that like sometimes you got to just hit him in the face with the butt of a rifle. Yeah, <laughs> and that's and and you finally get the chance to see them do that. And what more fitting enemy than the Borg? Who you just there's nothing redeemable here. Just waste them. Yep. Waste these fuckers. You want me to go next? Okay, so uh, my favorite scene is the uh, drunk counselor, Troy. I dig mm-hmm. that. Um, and she's losing it, and she's got her finger poking at fucking uh, Riker, and she's telling him, like, you know, don't question my counseling techniques. Uh, and he's like, you're drunk. Uh <laughs> <laughs> And then she's like, I've had to spend the last 20 minutes trying to get him or keep him from, uh, like, copping a feel. No, she doesn't say that, but, like, uh, manhandling me or something like that. I had to take four shots of something called tequila Tequila, just for him to tell us he was the one we were looking for. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I... I, 
it's a it's a great moment because also the moment where they decide to come completely clean with Zephyr and Cochran. It's just it's a great moment because he he's so fucking nuts that it's just like when when they do get around to that scene and Jordy's trying to be like no no like really I'll, you know this is what you did I'm so in awe of you like it's amazing I'm fucking talking to you it's like one of us talking to you know some famous fucking rock and roller or something like that uh, or having like some kid appear out of nowhere and tell you you it's like yeah what the hell are you talking about yeah it's like bill you and know? ted or something yeah yeah like you know it'd be, it'd be like yeah like some kid comes wow. up to you and you guys are wild stallions <laughs> yeah and it's like what you know so you guys are some sort of astronauts on some kind of star trek yeah yeah that yeah. line is great yeah <laughs> so uh I love that sequence because it it starts the wheels rolling on everything else, and it sets this up as again that perfect balance. and And the best example in the TNG films, I know that was redundant, the the next generation films, but there's no other way for me to say it, because um, the NG films just sounds real weird. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> the NG films, yeah. um, it really is the perfect balance of the the star trek humor and the star trek brand of action uh so everything else for me any flaws in this film it's inconsequential it's just it's it's exactly what i want out of a out of a next generation movie or at least the closest that we got and i appreciate that speaking of flaws i'd like to bring one up uh, I do I do love this movie. I want to get that. It's easily the best out of the TNG movies. But there's that scene... like, <laughs> Hang on. The NG movies. NG <laughs> movies. Sorry. But, um, yeah, they're constantly fighting the Borg with the phaser rifles and their phasers. And they're constantly having the problem with them adapting to the phaser frequency. Yep. But then there's the scene where Picard goes on the holodeck during that simulation of, like, some sort of... 30s banquet and he picks up a Tommy gun Mm -hmm. and turns off all the safeties on the holodeck and shoots the Borg with the machine gun. So once he figured out that that worked, why didn't they just replicate a whole bunch of Tommy guns and start using those to kill the Borg instead of the phasers and the phaser rifles? What did it work because it was so... Yeah, it, it, it killed the Borg. Yeah, because the there is that what's implied. Yeah, though? yeah. I remember the scene, but I don't remember if it if it just inherently worked or that they didn't adapt to it yet. Like, were they? Did they eventually adapt to it? No, they just they just used it because they were on the holodeck and these Tommy guns were there, but they never. They start going through the, the full. They, they never. Fa- they never just ran with that idea. They're just like, okay, let's go back to the phasers that don't work after Which, we shoot them three times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Instead why didn't bullets, they... like actual physical yeah. bullets that can't be? Yeah, like... but how do you? Because there's no frequency you... with a bullet. You know, it's just like yeah. it would have been. You you'd think it would be impervious to the shield. However, is the bullet not in and of itself also energy or like all? It, because there's not a replicator on the holodeck. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like he's walking up to the replicator and going like Earl Grey tea hot. He's going like he's not like bullets and it's putting out bullets. And he's putting it physically but, in a gun. But it was They're, also it was also a holographic gun with holographic bullets, and they killed the Borg. Yeah. So you would think a real gun with real bullets would that theory. they made with the fucking replicator would work. You found our ultimate secret weakness: bullets. <laughs> yeah, I know, and that's always bothered me about about that movie. <laughs> Of course, use guns to kill people. <laughs> what yeah, did we think of I that? know, but Picard did, and then he just immediately forgot. <laughs> 
but, we're, <laughs> but no, I'm still stuck on the fact of even with the safety on the holodeck off, are those in fact bullets that he's firing at them? Because there isn't like I understand well, they're holographic bullets. Yes, so like but I, they still killed them. Yeah, I know, but it just doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, because it's not a re- like you understand what I'm saying here, right? The no. Borg are just playing along, like, oh, you got us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like that's what it feels like. Because as much as yeah, you take the safety off on the holodeck. I got to look into this more, but like, it doesn't watch that. Watch that scene. Like, again. I can understand. Like, like for example, like a knife. It's a real knife, and you stab them. Like, I, I understand. I understand. It makes sense. It does. It does. Uh-huh. Like. It just kind of bothers me because it still wouldn't be like a bullet bullet, would it? Like, I, I don't know. Well, like, yeah. Is, maybe... is it physically replicating? Because then if it's physically creating all of this stuff on the holodeck, which I understand it occupies space, but it's by virtue of energy, right? Like, yeah. that's how you're experiencing it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the energy occupying the space. Yeah. So my, my thought process there is that... Well, it's just light being projected. That's all the Yes, but is. like in terms of like, say, for example... Um, them picking up something that is happening, like in the, the great Moriarty episodes. Yeah. Uh, uh, on the You're show talking and, about the paper that he brings off the holiday? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Makes yeah. No sorts of things. yeah, that so, makes absolutely no sense. So, like, because they have to put on costumes to go into the holodeck. But, so I understand that, that is taking up space and so forth. Yeah. Like, I, I understand that, but I've always had a problem with the holodeck part of it where it's like, say, for example, the paper, or say, for yeah. example, these fucking bullets. Are they, in fact, bullets, or are they just... Um, energy uh, taking because in theory if that bullet was in the air and you turned off the holodeck then that bullet would cease to exist yes so like there it's not like the replicator where like if you turn off the fucking replicator it doesn't just like delete your t you know what i mean the t is still there the t is still there it's literally created this from matter like it's Mm -hmm. from probably presumably your poop so it's turning your poop into t or whatever so if, any, if anything, a replicated gun would be better than a holographic one. Yeah, because... And poop. the holographic one worked. Yeah. So replicate some guns. Like That's what I'm saying. Take your fucking yeah. tee off there and get that's some That's what I'm saying. That's, that's what I'm saying. Why didn't they do that? Okay. Yeah. That's All right. Point. Yeah. You got you to think what about, get used to bullets. What about grenades? Yeah, like just keep going through the lines. Yeah, like, just you know, grenades that would blow up like the ship. <laughs> you can't start throwing grenades. It's like firing a gun on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't, <laughs> don't give Picard any ideas here, okay? Um, <laughs> they just ignite a nuclear warhead. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's like they just like they're loading. They're like computer, you know, load up first blood part two, and then they just like give me some of those explosive fucking arrows and like, like that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, Yeah, it's one for the ages. Yeah, wasn't that the plan B though? Sort of was like they were trying to avoid it, but they were going to just blow up the ship to kill all of them if it came down to that. If it came down to it, yeah, but they never did, obviously. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but stellar cartography is fucked, you know. Yeah. That? <laughs> and and like any of the fucking engineering guys that, you know, took off to help the cause, mm-hmm. there not, are all those red shirts are in the wind. Not an individual scene, but one that that um that or you know, a, a a part of the movie that deserves to be recognized is that um it almost starts with like a horror vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Like like a slasher kind of vibe where it's like, oh, the temperature's high on this this deck. Like, why don't you go check it yeah, out? Yeah, that's like, great. Ah. That's Board amazing. Now. Yeah. 
and it gradually like it creeps up on them. Like that's something that I haven't really seen from from this yeah, series the first either. Is that, that kind of like, there, there, yeah. there were there, on the show. There was the episode where all of the crew were de-evolving into uh, <laughs> like uh, Genesis. Genesis was what it was called. Yeah. Yeah, that had kind of some horror elements to it, or yeah, conspiracy. Or conspiracy that had some horror yeah, elements as well. Yeah, great, great episode. episode. Easily the best one from the first season. Yeah, totally. <laughs> one of them. Well, Skin of Evil was good, obviously. And... I like the opening episode, man. Yeah, I mean, and, I, and they, did, point, they did. Yeah, like, they did like they. Yeah, sorry, at far. Yeah, far point, and then uh, like ending the uh, the series on that is just like fucking perfect. Just really bookending good. the whole thing. Yeah, like I've never seen an, any TV series ever ended that cleanly. Yeah, like, it's perfect. Well, Seinfeld. Yes. No. <laughs> no, I forget about that last season a lot of the times. I was going to agree with you there, and then I'm like, wait. Yeah, just think about it for yeah. a second. Seinfeld is just let's, finish, let's finish the series with a clip show. Yeah, great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Maybe they had just seen fucking uh, Six, Star Trek Six, and were like, I like these courtroom sequences. <laughs> let's take from this. All right, so we're going to take a little break, come back, and knock down our top two films. Also share a few thoughts on uh, what we're hoping to get out of uh, Star Trek Beyond. Uh, and and you know, Another TV series. And another TV series. <laughs> we're going to pitch it. That's a great idea. I want to steal something from a Mission Impossible episode. We're going to come back. We're going to knock down these two. And then uh, we'll we'll play around with Beyond a little bit. But we're going to. I want you guys to pitch me your idea for a Star Trek TV show. This 2017 God. show. So start thinking. I thought about that. However you're taking part in this episode, please don't forget to leave comments, share, reach out to us so we can keep the conversation going. All right, so we're back and uh, let's do it, gentlemen. Our top two Star Trek films. And coming in at number two is Star Trek Four: Voyage Home. I love this one. It's the standout best comedy in the series for me. You get so many, like, just uh, the the whole fish-out-of-water element of it is just exactly. fantastic. So many great lines. Obviously, the first, you know, the double dipshit on you, or how does that... Yeah. Uh, double dumbass double on dumb you. Double dumbass yes, on you. Right. Sorry, yeah, I can't believe I fucked that up. Um, no, the, yeah, because the dipshit one is later with her, right? Uh, uh, yeah, there's so many good ones. There's that, or when um, they're trying to take off. And uh, uh, Kirk's like, let's, you know, Spock, get us out of here. And he says, one damn minute, Admiral. <laughs> <laughs> now Spock's swearing as well. <laughs> they go to the past and they all come back cussing. <laughs> yeah. Or the whole scene where uh, where Chekhov's Nuclear being interrogating. Oh. Where he's being interrogated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the nuclear vessels too. That's great. Yeah. Where him and Ahura are just out on the street and they walk up to a cop and like we're looking for the nuclear vessels. Or no, the cops just watching them. Yeah, he's, he's just like, just... Well, they go up to him first and he's just looking at them. He says yeah. nothing and they're just going from person yeah. to person. <laughs> oh, it's great. And they're still in their uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is such a good movie. The hospital scene, just seeing Bones, like, uh, just like fucking, what is the Spanish Inquisition? Just <laughs> so many great moments yeah. in this fucking movie. Yeah. Sean, you had this at number one on your list. Yep. Why is this one such a, why do you have such a soft spot for this film? Um, I think just because the, the premise of the plot or whatever is just so ridiculous, but it ends up being this really, 
entertaining film. It's mm. like this movie about an inanimate carbon rod shutting everything off and only whale song can speak to it and turn the power back on. <laughs> but in order to do that, they have to go back to 1984 San Francisco. Yeah. 86. Steal, 86, sorry, That's to steal right. a whale. It is 86, yeah. Steal a whale and then bring it back into you know, the present day of 20, what was it, 23rd century? Yeah. And uh, get the whale to talk to the inanimate carbon rod and turn everything back on again. <laughs> it's just like, it's ridiculous, yeah. but then it ends up being this really good movie and, uh, you know, <laughs> they, they scare those guys in the garbage truck. Yeah. They you didn't see anything. Yeah. Or I didn't see anything and neither did you get in the truck. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, when, when, when Spock dives into the fucking whale tank. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just the whole uh, fucking tour just looking at him like, mate, maybe they're, maybe it's because he's singing to that man. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what were you doing in there? Attempting the hell to communicate. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's the, the George Takei's got his moment in the film where. Uh, the helicopter. There's that, but then also when they're flying into San Francisco and you can see the San Francisco skyline, mm -hmm. and Sulu goes, San Francisco, I was born, born there. <laughs> you know, which it's is a little like, foreshadowing. A little foreshadowing, yeah. It's like. <laughs> I always thought that was funny. Oh. On a side note, one time on a flight with James coming back from BC, when we were coming into Toronto, the, the same kind of view of Toronto appeared, and James leaned over and dropped the same line. And I was like. <laughs> It was like well played, well played. <laughs> yeah, and it was night too. It was yeah. Perfect. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> this is a great movie. Uh, the, I, I love the um, the whole scene with uh, Bones and Scotty where they go into the uh, the uh, is it a polymer factory? Is that what it is? Yes. And then and then he's like, well, you know, what would you do for me if I could show you how to make this? Uh, you know, the 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 glass only transparent aluminum yeah one inch thick and then yeah. it's the transparent aluminum <laughs> and it's like because scotty fucking knows that this guy actually invented it anyway so because he turns to bones at one point and it's like because bones says like how do you know you're not you know changing the future or whatever and he goes uh he he, he implies he infers that uh you know how do we know that he didn't invent it and then yeah. he kind of no like nods at him because he knows that the guy invented it anyway it's so interesting which is something that they do actually borrow from in the new films pretty well because, you know, Spock does the same thing to Scotty. Like, you know, Scotty invented transwarp beaming anyway, yeah. so it's irrelevant. But it creates this paradox, though, that, like, did that person invent it because they went back in time yeah, and it's told the, him? It's, and, uh, Danny talked about this in the Terminator episode. It's the, uh, the, the bootstrap, uh, oh, the bootstrap yeah. um, paradox, yeah. Where, like, if you hand, you go back in time and hand Shakespeare a copy of Romeo and Juliet... Mm -hmm. And he copies it out word for word, that kind of thing. I also like how Scotty doesn't know how the Macintosh works because he's using yeah, he's like a computer. brand new Macintosh, and he picks the mouse up and he's like, "Hello, computer, yeah, hello," and, <laughs> and then he starts typing. But on I it. love it's the like, the approving nod, like he's talking to it at first and it does nothing, and then and then fucking Bones hands him the mouse, yeah, and he talks into the mouse. <laughs> oh, it's so good, and he's the like, keyboard. And what does he say? How, how quaint, quaint. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he's just typing away like light speed with yeah. two fingers and then all of a sudden it goes to full hand typing like he yeah. acclimates that quick i love that yeah 
But he's clearly just mashing at the fucking keyboard. Like, there's nothing happening there. Yeah, Jimmy Doohan's just basically... randomly. It's like the equivalent to, like... Well, this has nothing to do with Star Trek. But it's like when Kramer was playing Murphy Brown's secretary. And he's yeah. just basically smashing the keyboard wildly. They cut back to a shot of the screen. And it's just notepad open with a bunch of gibberish. I think I'm getting used to this computer. Yeah. All work and no play makes Scotty a dull boy. Yeah. Or just cuts back to the screen and says, do you want to play a game? You know? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's a great movie. It is a, it is a, a, an awesome movie for sure. But it does that, that thing that so many movies have done where it's like, okay, you went back in time to solve this problem. Why is that not your first solution to every problem? Yeah. If you can just fucking skyrocket around the sun and all of a sudden it's 1984 then you can solve a whole hell of a lot well, of other problems to, in finding a humpback whale to borrow a line from uncle ben not you know minute rice but uh you know with great power comes great responsibility here right so yeah, they, they they recognize that and go like the more we go back the more we could properly fuck things yeah. you know so i i the slingshot around the sun's always kind of bothered me a little bit but it gets gets you where you're going much like we were talking about with the red matter and the new one and stuff like that if it gets you where you're going i can because i'm along for the ride at that point anyway i just want to be thrust into the story and this and 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 the the fish out of water element is what makes it so special in the series yeah and i mean i guess i'm i'm more just contrasting like the way in in first contact it's like we are we aren't nearly advanced enough to be able to do this. And the Borg, because they're an artificial intelligence or whatever. They do it. They figure it out. And then we just follow them. Mm -hmm. Whereas in this one, it's almost like, you know, maybe go around the sun. Like, yeah, let's try that. Now now we invented time travel just, you know, to to solve a, a problem that, that it was – probably a bit of a, a bit of a crazy overboard solution for it to begin with and now you, you know you you know how to travel through time as as people in first contact at least it's like we we didn't have anything to do with it we're just you know we're just in for the ride and i think if they had done something like that for this movie i think it would just be a bit more appropriate like the big carbon rod opens up time shift yeah shit, exactly you know? it's creating some kind of like, paradox yeah but I think with this movie, it's kind of forgivable, just because, like Sean was saying, the whole plot's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, to yeah. begin with. Yeah. So it's like you can it can you can afford it a few liberties here and there. Yeah. Yeah. You got to kind of suspend disbelief, and like you like you said, Brandon, go along for the ride. Yeah. Because that's you know. I just have to point this out. I I know I'm gonna probably put a picture up of it on uh, when we come up you know what I, where I'm going with this already, don't you, Devin? What? Because your your headphones are like this right now. Very, oh. very Jordy LaForge of you. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> just there we go. Just leave them like that. I like oh, it. It's kind of uncomfortable. <clears throat> Fucking asshole. Go with the show. At least I'm wearing the headphones this time. The, you are. I was very. When you came up today and you sat down and the first thing you did was put on your headphones, I was like, this is why we're friends. Because he knew. He listened back to the Star Wars debate and he knew how much it bothered me. Because I actually did have to EQ the shit out of you in that episode, by the oh, way. Okay. Um, <clears throat> what are we talking about again? Star Trek. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we've already talked about like three quarters of this fucking movie, guys. So uh, yeah, uh, 
are we good to move on or do you any final thoughts on this one this one this one's pretty special i think this one's going to be hard to to knock down and you know in a few random thoughts it's it's an amazing amazing film one part i absolutely love in this movie is the scene on the bus with the punk with the ghetto blaster i love it that's so good so and it's probably my first exposure to punk music at all you know and i'm just thinking man this music's fucking great and then (laughs) need to hear more yeah And, the fucking, and apparently that's the guy's the band who's holding the get That's oh, he's that's actually sweet. on. That's, sweet. That, that's his band, which is cool. That's amazing. So and then the yeah. pinch and then the clap. Everyone claps yeah. on the bus. Yeah. And then Kirk like doesn't understand what's going on, so he just starts clapping yeah. along with him. Yeah. It's so good. And there is a full version of that song too in the on the soundtrack. You, no, no, no. Oh. But but uh, bootleg versions of it included as like a bonus. <laughs> oh really yeah but you can find it you can find it online okay on the on the information super highway yeah <laughs> perfect <laughs> all right any uh sean Devin, any final thoughts gentlemen no I, if i did it was just yeah i like that movie yeah it's, it's my number one i like it yeah despite my shitting on the concept it's a fantastic movie it yeah. really is yeah. i mean it uh, the fact that it, it does something you know so so um atypical in the series to begin with i guess it's fine that they they you know break a pretty you know a pretty cardinal rule of of bringing time travel into into you know especially a series of movies Mm -hmm. but it but it it makes it worthwhile it's it's a great movie yeah uh 85 percent on rotten tomatoes pretty good score uh pretty pretty good for a film that that is intended to there's a lot of in jokes for for star trek fans and a lot it's really intended to be a fun ride for a fun movie uh to have such a good score is 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 pretty cool Uh, i wanted to mention because i didn't mention while you were talking about first contact 92 percent on rotten tomatoes very cool very cool um all right gentlemen it is time for our our number one film overall, and not a surprise in the least. Well, especially even... since we've mentioned all the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> What's it going to be? Wrath of Khan. No. I know. I can't believe it either. Neither can I. As Kevin Smith said in one of his shows you know those movies he does where it's like him talking to an yeah, audience an evening with yeah he said it's a it's a totally pimp movie yeah <laughs> yeah you once referred to this movie as movie moby dick in space yeah i remember our friend scott, <laughs> which i concur with yeah i remember a friend scott presenting that to you i'm like oh you're right yeah yeah scott's a good dude he's a good dude um totally hot guy hot guy yeah <laughs> 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 the uh, uh yeah I I love this film. I love the the uh the fact that they they knew they had some things right with with the motion picture and so to kind of go back through through the original series and 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 kind of hand pick Khan uh and the, like the Space Seed episode is really interesting. Uh, I really um and you get that same kind of interplay even though it's it's a more vengeful Khan and and uh, obviously, his rage is what drives him insane, very much like Ahab, uh, uh, and uh, and like I, I like um, this kind of 
the, this Kirk has met his match kind of thing, and you never really know who's gonna uh, who, who's gonna come out on top. But it's just there's so many times you count him out, you count him out, and, and he always finds a way just through like the 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 will of uh, uh, of this kind of renegade Starfleet officer. I love it. Um, I will say though that I mentioned in uh, earlier in uh, that that we. <laughs> This David character really gets on my fucking nerves. Like his his kid is just. Is not... it just the actor you don't like, or is no, it just the it's idea the, of the character? Not, it's not the actor. It's the no. character. Oh, okay. It's the character entirely. Like I love the idea of him having a son with Carol Marcus, and you know this kind of old flame comes back, and and and, and I like the idea of an emotional connection and the becoming this driving force for this almost irrational hatred and all these things. Like it, in theory, it should all work, but for some reason, the execution of the character is just so off point because you have this cat that uh, in the David character that's just completely from the first second you see him, he's just running down Captain Kirk like just just you know insult after insult. And at this point, he doesn't even know he's his father. You know, he's just like that that guy that you used to run around with, that asshole. Like, it just doesn't... It, I had trouble connecting with him. I think it should come up more often in the series. I wonder how many Davids are out there with oh, all the... Oh, there's a million. Yeah, the why are you so upset? Been getting, <laughs> yeah. like, As uh, Brad Pitt would say, <laughs> setting up fucking franchises, right? You know, <laughs> and uh, Fight Club, yeah. He's been on Future Mori like 8,000 times. <laughs> <laughs> Admiral Kirk... You are the father. (laughs) Good job, bud. Not another one. And every one of them just talks, just runs him down the same way. Maybe that's why he was so pissed off with his promotion to Admiral, because it's like the alimony payments just went through the roof. Oh, man. (laughs) Fuck. All my money. All right. Let's talk about the things that we love about this film. Uh... Uh, Ricardo Montalban, amazing, awesome. Paul Winfield, amazing. The soundtrack, the score, oh, the score is is uh, fucking brilliant, dude. In some ways, Con won. Oh yeah, because the he was the whole reason why he was so pissed off is because his wife died or whatever when they they from the eels, yeah, 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 and uh, then at the end of the movie, uh, Spock. you know, he gets it and saving everybody. So, like, you know, he kind of took the one. I, I mean, I guess since Kirk has had so many wives, Spock is the closest the thing to a to wife. A yeah, relationship. Yep. He he didn't kill him, but he he hurt he hurt him really badly. <laughs> by yeah. Getting rid of his bed, by getting rid of his gay lover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wait, uh, they're, they're gay, right? What? Kirk and Spock, they're they're gay, right? Got that sexual tension with a knife. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever their life choices, they're still pretty fucking badass. Um, <clears throat> it is pretty irresponsible of Kirk to not come back uh, to SETI Alpha Five, right? Because they he left he left uh, con on five, right? Yeah. Oh no, we left him on six. No, they no, think it's six. They think it's six. They but think it it's is six. five. It is five. Yes, yeah. so they yeah. left them on five. Uh, left them all there, and then like two months later, the planet or six is destroyed, and it fucks up their planet. Kirk just never looks in on them. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it all turned out. Yeah, fine. it's fine. 
Here's your chance to prosper. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? I gave you the chance. Yeah. What, you had like two weeks to fucking figure out a way to stop that shit? Ah, great fucking movie, man. Like, that that final uh, space fight sequence uh, is just iconic. Uh, And again, just the, the callbacks again to Moby Dick a little bit. Just in that he's just pursuing Kirk endlessly, irrationally. And even his crew sees this, you know, is uh, the other superhumans. It's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You want to do a round of favorite scenes? It's almost like hard to do that. It's like um, it's like if you like an album front to back. It's, yeah, it's, it's really like, hard. It's hard to say I only like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wrath of Khan kind of falls into that category or you know what i mean it's like it's hard to say i only liked this scene for me any not i'm not trying to speak for anyone else but it's just that it's like it's just so it's perfect like it's front it's never back. really a dull moment every scene yeah. is yeah. critical in the movie like even even the meeting with with kirk and mccoy when he gives them the birthday present the glasses those oh, the glasses are four great, yeah. and you know what i mean so it mm-hmm. kind of you know, which he yeah, he pawns them in four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> those were a Christmas. Those were a birthday present from McCoy, and they will be again. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how it works? Because they bring her back with them. So does she, when she comes through the temporal rift to go back to four, um, wouldn't if it resolves the issue and sends things back to the way they were, yeah. wouldn't it just? Uh, wouldn't she just go back to San Francisco pre the whole situation? Or no? Who knows? What you mean, would Catherine Hicks' character yeah. just be transported back to 86 again? No, well, like, wouldn't she just cease to exist in the 23rd century? Time travel is making me dizzy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thing. It can but, be really tricky yeah. to describe. I don't know. In any case, yeah. Wrath of Khan, number one, definitive number one. This is no surprise. This no. is everyone's fucking favorite, man. Yeah. Like, it's just... Well, not such... everyone's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Sean and Devin. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's up there for everyone. It's a great film. It's on point. It's just a masterpiece. It really is. You can't... I can't say enough about it. It looks great. It still looks great now. It's, for sure. The score, like you said, is just next level. And yeah, I, I love it. They nailed it front to back. Yeah. Khan is such a great bad guy because he's almost... He's not... Like, he's not even... Um, that evil. I mean, mm-hmm. in this one, he was he was a little off the off the wagon. Yeah, but it it's uh, you know kind of like uh, humanity's quest for perfection mm-hmm. leads to you know this this thing that's that's so far superior to them that they have to like shun it and and you know get it out of their their uh, society lest it it just kind of destroy what humanity is. Like, yeah, just this great. Um, it's great parable. I don't know. He's uh, so he's so confident and um, confident. Yeah, he's so confident. <laughs> he's playing the long con. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like, it's just he's so um, mm-hmm. he's so confident and sure of himself and stuff, and mm-hmm. so fixated on what he's gonna do to Kirk and all that. It just makes him like terrifying and dangerous. Like mm-hmm. it's, but he's just like 
I don't know. It's the way that he comes across. Like R- Ricardo Montalban played that character like really, really well. Yeah, and and that's and that's not really him. Like he's not like in the rest of his career, no. he never played never that played type someone of someone like that. He's yeah. always this really nice, hospitable, cool guy. You know, mm. like from Tre- was it Treasure Island? Or, yeah, you know. But uh, it's a great character, man. Like yeah. Now he's been played by R- Ricardo Montalban and and now Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh He's supposed to be of Indian descent, right? Okay. Now, this is something that I love about this film series. Because there's a lot of film series where you'd go... You'd have the internet ablaze with just, like, Khan's supposed to be like this or like that. And I love that because of the nature of Star Trek, because you can, you know, you can have a green Girl. mom and a purple dad and then a, you know, a red kid... You know, or something like that. I and I, I love, I love it. I love it. It's just, it, it's as close to colorblind, or or completely acknowledging color. I don't know which, but um, it, it, you know, of any series I could think of, and it's just brilliant. I love it. Yeah, it's like it's almost like it's like for our own society, it, it's it breaks boundaries and stuff like that, but it creates this sort of blueprint of um. A world without boundaries, without trying to sound too corny, but it's you know what I mean, like to the point where it's not a, uh, it's not subject matter, like it's it's just everyday life. It's it's something that's just kind of taken for granted that it's like, you know, what we perceive as normal or abnormal is totally out the window in the future. Yeah, you know, and it's more of this greater pursuit, if you will. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool. Right on. Unless it's gang, unless it's not Genghis Khan. Uh, what's his name? It's Noonien Singh. Yeah, Khan, Khan Noonien Singh. Khan Noonien Singh. That's yeah. In any case, Star Trek Beyond is on the way. Uh, written by Simon Pegg uh, and a handful of other people, but uh, it is nice to see a cast member like the last iteration of these characters starting to get involved in the creative process of the film. Um. And obviously, the he's clearly a fan. You can look back to shows like Spaced with him and things like that, where there's obviously been Star Trek references. Paul, yeah, Paul. Um, And I really hope that this film is nothing like what we're seeing in that fucking trailer with the sabotage music again, with Beastie Boys blaring through it. And, uh, you know, uh, I have such high hopes for Idris Elba as a villain. Um, I don't know, man. I, I know that when we first, uh, when that trailer first premiered, Peg came out and said, no, no, there's something cerebral there. There's, there's going to be an experience that seems very familiar to diehard Star Trek fans and to the new generation, respectively. But it, what are your thoughts? Are you... Are you apprehensive going into this? Are you really excited? Where do you guys stand? Just real quick. I'm going to go in with an open mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I will see it. Like I, anything. Oh, yeah. I'm going to see yeah, it opening I, weekend. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely see it in the theaters. I don't know about opening weekend, but I will go and see it. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll go in with an open mind. And if it's good, then it's. I hope it's good. Yeah. I want it to be good. Mm-hmm. You know? 
So yeah, but must be good. I don't. I don't know anything about the story. I, I don't think they've really they said anything no, about it. No, no. They but yeah, from s- that from that trailer, you can't really like. It was just a bunch of action sequences and Beastie Boys. So yeah. it's like you don't even know what it's going to be. I think they've released that Idris Elba's character, like the baddie, the big baddie of the film's character's name is Krull, and that's what. But whatever. Devin, it's thoughts? not very encouraging. Or, yeah, Devin, thoughts? <laughs> um, no, it's not. Is it? <laughs> no, I'm worried. <laughs> I, I mean, I, th- I, I think they've they've definitely um, uh, in the last two films they've gone in a direction that that um, people are are obviously a, 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 like fans of the original um, series and and not just the original series but the whole you know series up to the the reboots. I've been a little bit apprehensive of it, I think, um, you know, because of, of, you know, the kind of big action as a, as a center point and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But I, I, and I, all the jump cuts. Yeah. And, and the lens flares. Yeah. Yeah. And that too. Yeah. <laughs> what did I, I beat you to it, yeah, Sean? Yeah, yeah. But I think, a, I mean, I, a lot of people are, are being a bit, um, I, I feel like there, there's a lot of extreme critique, uh, that's overshadowing a lot of, a lot of the, the, the good things that they have done, they they have like put R two D two in as an Easter egg flying yeah. out of the Enterprise. Yeah. yeah, fucking weird, man. Was that in Into Darkness? In, or no, no, the first, first, one. first one. Really? Yeah. Or if you freeze frame the explosion, R two D two is in the debris. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. But I I, I was unaware of that. <laughs> 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 that was when it became like painfully obvious that JJ Abrams was just trying, trying to, to get into a, Star yeah, Wars and he was doing uh, his demo reel for Star Wars, yeah. yeah. Huh. I just do I, I do hope they spend a little bit more time adventuring in space than mm-hmm. just like in New York or whatever. <laughs> like Yeah. It seemed like they spent like an inordinate amount of time on Earth in the second one or whatever. Yeah. Uh in uh yeah, in, in San Francisco, yeah. San Francisco, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. Yeah, like, yeah, because it, it, it would be nice. Like at the conclusion of the first one, it was very much like take us out, and then or let's you know they 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 venture out into space. And you think okay, we're going to start to get almost like a serialized film format, like we did with the the, the classic television series, uh, and 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 then they just come back. <laughs> yeah, and they're just like, chilling it's, on Earth again it's with the, RoboCop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're they're trying to even pace the story a bit too quick. Like I feel like they could stand to slow that down a bit. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know, just the way that they kind of killed off the whole Starfleet command, <laughs> and then everybody else just gets like a rank up because of that. Like yeah, that's pretty sweet. That's kind of a cop out. Mm-hmm. Like Admiral Buckaroo Bonsai's a little bit off his fucking <laughs> rocker there. Yeah, I'm just gonna call Peter Weller every character that he's ever been in a <laughs> film right now. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I've got pretty pretty high hopes for it i think um yeah when does when does, when does that come out was it july? may july? i thought or yeah no you're right july it's here or no it's there comes out in 2016 i'll go see it yeah, yeah, yeah. as long as there's at least at least a third of the film is dedicated towards Science, uh, discussing interplanetary diplomacy. Then all, <laughs> I'm all in for it. I'm just kidding around. But do you remember? I don't know if you guys remember when the first reboot film came out. Uh, the Onion put out an article 
about like how well, Star it was like Trek, a video spot, I think. Wasn't yeah, it? like Star Trek fans are up in arms because yeah, that's right. It was like yeah. a news thing. Yeah. They said Star Trek fans are up in arms because there was no boardroom scenes featuring inter you know discussions yeah. of interplanetary diplomacy. Which... And then they cut to Star Trek Six, like the beginning when they're yeah. all talking yeah. about the distra- the Klingons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like because all of that was is completely vacant from these new films, right? Yeah, there's no there's no sharing of like whatever the the drink is from the planets that they all hail from and whatnot. Yeah. You know. It's funny, too, because if you go back and you look at Space Seed, that episode, a lot of the most tense moments happen around a table. Mm. You know, mm. um, So it's interesting. It's, there's validity to that. Obviously, Wrath of Khan doesn't work that way. Although there is, it is still very uh, emotionally driven by the, the dialogue. Like It's a pretty exposition-heavy film. And all, all things considered, because obviously you don't see the wife die in like flashbacks or something. They don't do anything irresponsible like that. Yeah. A lot of it does play out through exposition, so it, there's some validity to that. Yeah, I uh, I just want to hear somebody uh, say something like, "Our cultures are very different," and then Picard can say, "An opportunity to learn." I'm only just joking around. Anyway, forget <laughs> it. <laughs> just being stupid. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Um, So our final segment next, we're going to pitch our Star Trek series for 2017. All right, so we're back. And as Sean alluded to, they are working on a new Star Trek series. And I'd I'd like to hear you guys, and I'll jump in on it as well, uh, your ideas for what you'd like to see in the next iteration of Star Trek on the small screen. Devin, you want to kick us off? It'll never happen, but, <laughs> but sure. Um, I like, I feel like, um, there, there's been a, in a, in a lot of other series, there's been a lot of, um, parody of, of sort of, um, uh, Star Trek, um, you know, just, just, uh, uh, themes and and characters and stuff like that like with uh zap brannigan on futurama and, and yep. stuff like that the simpsons but, and family guy have yeah. a ton of references to star trek but i'd yeah. i'd love to <laughs> i'd really love to see like a, a harvey birdman-esque like you know um these these like uh you know these really really uh larger than life sci-fi characters but just in their mundane day-to-day like specifically it'd be great to see like a I don't know, just a series that focuses on just like the mundane day to day of like one of the enemies, like Bork. Just what do they do? Nice. And just I like this. Out, like, okay, so it's in the water cooler, like just, <laughs> you know. And so you're following one Borg, or is it just you're following the hive? Maybe it's just all of the enemies. In fact, maybe focusing specifically on the Borg is a little bit too much. But like, ooh, I like the this. Borg, like the Klingons, the Romulans, <laughs> and just in their day to day, and just always taking shit for like. <laughs> Like you know, every every like for the um, uh, the Federation, it's like every time they encounter these guys, it's like this big mm-hmm. you know crisis. But then they always just just knock the shit out of everyone. So yeah. what does it feel like to be a Borg? Like we are we are so powerful, and we just get our asses kicked all the time. <laughs> it's awful. Have you ever seen um, uh, on the? Uh... 
is um, how it should have ended channel on YouTube, uh, the uh, Villains Pub, I think it's called, where like all of the villains from all of these films, like Voldemort and the Joker <laughs> and uh, Darth Sidious, and all this, are just hanging around at a bar and like talking about their respective like hardships of being a villain. It's almost how I see this kind of like playing out, just like this fucking Borg or whatever <laughs> Klingon, just you know, goes to the water cooler and. It's like fucking Kirk again, man. What the fuck? (laughs) That would be interesting. Yeah. It's like to see like the underlings say of like the Enterprise, like all hanging out, complain. Sort of like in that episode, Lower Decks. Yeah. Where they're all complaining about like Riker, like Riker, why is Riker got to be such a hard ass? Mm, That was such a cool episode just to that because you see a completely different perspective of the (laughs) Enterprise. It was it was just really awesome. Yeah. And it complete and it was sort of a sequel to the episode where Wesley and uh, and the Red Squadron mm-hmm. um, they were trying and to perform the, they were trying to perform the Starburst thing and, yes. and killed the, the their friend died yeah oh yeah yeah because yeah, yeah Encinito comes back yeah. and she gets nice. tapped for that mission. Uh, a book that came out recently, uh, Red Shirts. Uh, I didn't, I haven't read it, but I've I've heard a lot of great things about it. That that's kind of like along the same lines. But yeah, yeah like you have got this cavalier captain just like gambling with people's lives. Like, <laughs> like you got you know tens, potentially hundreds of people dying in some of these episodes from just mm-hmm. some like off the cuff, you know, reactionary decision that this guy makes. It's like how do you how do you not feel anything but contempt for this fucking guy like yeah picard's like and i like that one of the things I like about picard is that he's the total opposite it's yeah. almost like he, he wants like some... firing the fa- the phasers <laughs> like the last resort yeah. like you know what i mean like he yeah. will he avoids any sort of actual physical conflict mm-hmm. you know which is kind of cool in a way mm-hmm. there's that like uh restraint i guess you know yeah 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 it's always but it's not a fear based yeah mm-hmm. it's not fear based it's it's through strength mm-hmm. that he he does it all right, who's next? I think, well, I don't have a premise for a series, but if they do do another series, I would like it to be in a serialized format. Not kind of like what they were doing with Deep Space Nine, how they had the whole Dominion War thing and how that would that plot kind of went on for like a couple of seasons. Mm. So I think I think doing something like especially with the climate of entertainment now, how many serialized shows you have that aren't necessarily sci-fi based but you know like sopranos mm-hmm. going back and then you have like breaking bad and like all these shows orange is the new black like mm-hmm. all you just have all these serialized dramas yeah you know so you know if they were to do it on netflix just dump a whole season up there you know it's a cause you can't miss anything everybody yeah. watches all their shit online anyway so <laughs> like it's the perfect climate for that kind of thing yeah, not necessarily like DS9, but something serialized. Where it's like an ongoing story. Yeah, line, yeah, yeah, where the whole episode where the whole series is just one story. So no idea on premise though? No. Go I don't crazy know. with it. I don't know. I don't I honestly have no idea. Just All right, if yeah. you think of something, we'll come back to you. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to go next, John, or do you want me to go next? You can go ahead. Okay. All right, so my idea for, uh, and I was just thinking about this when Devin was talking. All right, you guys have all seen Catch Me If You Can, right? Yeah. Okay, so my idea for uh, for the next Star Trek uh, TV series is essentially like Catch Me If You Can in space. So it's this guy that's like uh, a criminal or whatever, he, and he's... 
he's either been mistaken as the captain of a ship or he's kind of tricked his way into much like what Frank Abagnale does where he, you know, he's he's riding around on Pan Am planes, uh, you know, as uh, deadheading across America and and everywhere um, under the guise that he is, in fact, a pilot. So this guy is doing the same thing under the guise that he is a captain. And then in the first episode, so he's riding on this other person, this other cruise ship. And so this the actual captain beams down on an away mission and has to so he has to uh, assume control of the sh- the vessel because of the fact that um, essentially like that that he's the highest ranking officer right so uh, this guy he he uh, the the actual captain of the ship he gets taken out on the away mission he's killed and now this guy's like oh fuck I gotta run a fucking starfleet ship at least like get us somewhere so he's constantly throwing like every episode just like making it up as he goes along trying to get out of everything he's constantly trying to get off the ship and just like sneak away and shit and he's always just getting caught by some like fucking brown nose character kind of thing like oh captain eat your help with something or rather like come on down to stellar cartography or something like that like every fucking episode is just him being so he's actually this weasel it's like making money on the side and doing all of these other things uh, you know, betting on Dom Jot games and things of this nature, <laughs> and uh, and and uh, essentially, like he is just this despicable character that uh, that you're following through and uh, uh, through this uh, uh, mission. Now, his number his number one is <clears throat> obviously the number one from the ship who uh, I see as kind of like a. Uh, well, I want to say a young, younger female character that's like excelled and and been kind of you know accelerated through the ranks to a lead position, and she's always very contemptuous about the fact that he is leading the crew because essentially she's running the ship. So it's much like also it has an element of like Remington Steele to it or something like that, where Remington Steele like he he is a he's a front like Pierce Brosnan is just the face of the the you know the detective agency and actually it's like the real team is her right so it's like uh and and i i love that element of it where like she's constantly saving everyone like and and doing the right thing and making the right call and then he's just constantly getting credit for it and just constantly like just the most sleazy fucking captain not really captain but captain ever i just think that would be so cool and I totally, I kind of ripped it off from where you were going with yours, just the idea of like a piece of shit captain. But yeah, that's what I love to see. I think that really thought about this one a lot. Like you've got a knapsack full of like 50 scripts somewhere. <laughs> this is the pilot episode. <laughs> no, I really, I honestly did wing it. I didn't think about it before we talked about Explaining it. this to the guy next to you on the bus. <laughs> just read it. Just read it. Tell me what you think. No, I, I yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think that would be a great idea for a show, just this fucking haphazard idiot captain. Uh, and it also, it, it it's interesting because everyone, it, there is a balance to it, almost that Spock element where like, you always think that Spock would be a better captain than, than Kirk in terms of like by the book and so forth. And he's always kind of the rational mind. So having that kind of Kirk-Spock interplay, but further to, to each side of the spectrum. And I love that idea. Do you need a moment or you want to?
Uh, no, I'm okay. Um, All right. Sean, let's hear yours. Okay. Well, okay. I like the idea that James was presenting about, I, I like the idea of it being this serialized show in the sense of that there's this a story that carries through the whole season, but every episode has, has like a B story that resolves at the, at the end of the episode. Mm. So you don't get like blue balls, like walking dead. Yeah, it's exactly. Like you, it's there's no resolve to the main overhead story, but there's the every episode's ending, mm. right? There's this uh, resolution. I think it would be cool if they could somehow write a show that's um, it's, it's like a continue. Like I, I would almost like to be, honestly, I'd like to almost see them make like another Enterprise, like Enterprise F. Mm-hmm. And it's like we're right back in that world we all know and love. They're mm-hmm. talking, they're saying names we want to hear, like Picard. You know, they're dropping hints about like uh, Kirk, mm-hmm. almost like kind of like Force Awakens, like with Ray when she realizes that Luke Skywalker's real, real and that yeah. she's on the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. Like I'd love to see something like that. Like where where the crew of this new Enterprise, they're not really quite aware of what they're aboard or what they're part of mm. but they like because say like there was some sort of a break in the timeline between mm. enterprise e and f yeah like there was during the uh the genome wars or whatever where there's like that huge chunk of time like they know all the history before mm-hmm. and much like we do in real life yeah but they don't know that whole chunk of time in the middle yeah yeah exactly record keeping was bad so yeah it'd be yeah. cool if they just like lost track of th- how the federation worked for like mm. a thousand years yeah like or like that you know like but i because part of me wants to say, like, it would be great if there was a show that focused on Enterprise C. Yeah. Like, how, how, what, everything that led up to the battle where they came to the distress call of that Klingon, mm. uh, Bird of Prey, and yeah, then, yeah, 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 and then yeah. set forth the, the universe the, that we the, knew in TNG. All, yeah, all merged, yeah. But instead of going back, it'd be cool if it was something more like it's now. Like, not literally now, but it's like this new show, but it's right back in that world we want to be in. Like, because I think... Um, I think Force Awakens kind of proved that unlike uh, episodes one, two, and three, if you just go right back to that successful formula, mm. that's exactly what people want. They want to be, but it's still new. You know what I mean? And, I'm not saying and retaining I'm, the aesthetics. Yeah. I know this is a lame example, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like what they did with Fuller House. Yes, like, exactly. You look at it and it looks like Full House. Exactly. It looks like the it's show. shot the same you way. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. looks the same. Like why, when they bring back something that's been gone for like decades, why do they have to try to change it to make it current? Yeah. Look I have a 100% certain way. Like just, just mm. fucking yeah. make it how we remember look, it. Make it look the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you look at TNG, DS9, and Voyager, they all look aesthetically the same yeah you know what i mean yeah. and that's, I, I want that for this new series yeah. absolutely that was one of the things but that i loved they could about have Ford it House. they could have it in widescreen and high definition oh absolutely yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one thing that i've that i've talked about in a lot of past episodes whenever we've talked about reboots is just like nods mm-hmm. like you you almost you need them when you've changed everything yeah like you need them to to do that kind of fan service but if you haven't changed anything if you, if you've brought people back to, back that to the world, same it world should almost be unnecessary and mm-hmm. well there's like one or two in in the force awakens i didn't think they were egregious but like in, in one or two there's like 14 um, what there's so many nods in that film. That film is just like Star Wars, the Not Force nods. Uh, well, no, some of them are. <laughs> I mean, what I'm talking it's about. It's a great as, film. What yeah. I'm talking about as nods are like um, uh, 
I don't know, like when... Uh, uh, well, the the garbage shoot. Yeah, the garbage shoot is is like that's a shitty nod. That's not a you're bringing that up, not because it has any relevance to the story right now. Yeah, you're, you're because just, people, are, it's yeah. a moment between you and the audience. It's JJ Abrams sitting in the audience, being like, "Hey, eh? yeah, isn't eh? isn't that neat? Yeah, what we did." Or like when uh, <laughs> what was it uh, when Finn turned that game on. By accident on the Millennium Falcon, and immediately grabs Chewbacca's attention. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, and he wants to play." <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah, you're right. Like it has, it doesn't really support the story at all. It's just like yeah, it's them yeah. them trying to be cute. I, I guess like with <laughs> with this theory that I have of the show, it's that I would I would love to see that for some reason there was a break in the timeline of the of of Starfleet. Mm-hmm. And now these people are on this ship called the Enterprise, but they don't know what it is or what that means. Yeah, and they're slowly learning. Like we're part of this lineage, and so this... they're actually legitimately exploring space and exploring history. Yeah, like for some reason, Starfleet had to start over, yeah. and they kind of went back to the history books and said, "Well, this Enterprise name kept coming up. Yeah, so we're going to go with Enterprise, and we're going to put this group of sort of like what I guess what they tried to do with the reboot. Yeah." But, like, I'd rather see it in a way where it's, like, we're right back in that world again. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm watching Star Trek, you know? I think it would be interesting with regards to, like, what you're saying about the whole, um, the Enterprise name and whatnot. Wouldn't it be interesting to have one of the first episodes? So you have this new crew, you have, and they're in the Enterprise, and it's just, it's the flagship of the, uh, of the fleet and whatnot. And they land on, what planet is it that, um, they blow up uh, the Enterprise in three they self-destruct it. The Genesis planet. Is it on the Genesis planet? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course yeah. it is. Okay, so they uh, so they land, have to land on a, a neighboring planet in the same galaxy, presumably. So they go through a time rift, right? And they land on, presumably, a neighboring planet. And they come across a relic of this, ex- this blowed-up ship. And they're like, Enterprise. Mm. Or even the same designation. Mm. This is kind of reminding me of the motion picture a little bit with Voyager. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Or when they find the piece of the NASA ship in the Royale. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they end up That's in this right. like weird casino where nobody's acknowledging them <laughs> and they can't get out. Mm. <laughs> but it would be cool to see like but so that they it, there has to be a driving force. My point is just that they there has to be a driving force them for them to look into it. Yeah. Because by nature again as much as they do celebrate their past, they are very much um looking to the future and like self-betterment and all these things so there has to be a driving force to the plot like there has to be a reason that they they have to acknowledge their past a little bit yeah yes i understand what you're saying yeah like just it's like it's they're they're building on whatever it is and uh i'd love to hear like lines get dropped again like whatever it was that tasha yar said about um the enterprise and that episode yesterday's enterprise Mm -hmm. that features enterprise see i think she has that line at the end like let shooter ray gavin yeah. yeah yeah that's right yeah yeah and she has that line it's something along the lines of uh let let history remember the name enterprise or whatever picard, it was it picard said was it picard that, that said yeah, it yeah yeah right yeah. before they go into battle what, what is it he said he says again it's, let's uh, it, let history never forget the name enterprise yeah something like that and then the battle starts i'd love to i'd love that line to be dropped in in the pilot where these you know these new people are on the ship and for some reason, the Enterprise name was forgotten. And the first thing the captain says, like, going forward, let history never mm-hmm. forget, forget the, the name, name Enterprise. Enterprise. Yeah. And it's like, it's... It's 
It's a it's reference like, to what's arguably the best episode of the of next yeah. generation. Yeah, and, 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 and then it cuts to a commercial, it. and it's like Enterprise will pick you up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, but it's that galvanizing moment that seals the pilot, and it's yeah. like, okay, like this feels like it's going somewhere. Like what's? Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I mean, like I don't know, I don't know what the rift or the conflict would be that would cause all that. That's that's the part that I don't know. Like, or to bring back one of your favorite villains, Devin. It would be interesting to have them encounter the Borg and have them allude to their, you know, uh, species... 8472? 8472. Fuck me. But if it takes place Um, after Voyager, they destroy the Borg in Voyager. That's the finale. finale. Yeah, I understand that. But you can, again, nothing is really dead in in sci-fi. But there was a Borg collective that was outside of um, the actual Borg collective. Remember, they were were the Q. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there, and then there's that there's, there's that peaceful Klingon village. Yeah, like for some reason, all these cultures mm-hmm. redeveloped, mm-hmm. and now the you Enterprise has to relearn how to fight against all these yeah, various. Which is that someone else has this history, mm-hmm. so they have to go through whatever species that is. The Borg just came to mind because although there is, there is in theory a period of Borg history that's lost as well. Presumably, like when you it, you got to read into the series and like I, I've totally geeked out on because uh, like you, Devin, again, I'm really into the Borg. So there's like this uh, th- there's a lot of fucking videos on YouTube that I'm like watching and taking notes and shit and like <laughs> reading fucking Wikipedia articles or like and website articles and shit like that. But yeah, memory alpha. Yeah. 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 That's a great site. Great site. Sorry, you had something to say, and I keep fucking cutting in on you, but yeah, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, when you said Shooter McGavin, and he was talking about a quote, mm. I, I thought that the quote was going to be, uh, I uh, piece, of, piece sh- of shit like you for breakfast. <laughs> 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 That's how you start the series. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or there's this, like, this weird rhyming exchange between... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like in Happy Gilmore. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah. What were the... Make things out of clay, lay by the bay. <laughs> yeah. What do you say? Or I made just, I just made. Oh, I go, what eat some say? hay. Yeah. <laughs> go eat some hay. What do you say? He's like, <laughs> leaves. <laughs> great. Great. I like it. I like it, gentlemen. Or maybe they found some technology that exceeds warp travel, which enables them to even go to like other galaxies and there's so, something crazy yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or they yeah. figure out just how to slingshot themselves around the sun. Or that. Yeah. Just quantum. Well, it'd be like that one episode of TNG where that, that guy was working on the like an advanced warp drive and they end up at like the edge of the universe <laughs> the, where, yeah. where no one yeah, has yeah, gone yeah, before yeah. that episode. Yeah. A new where no one has yeah. gone before. Yeah, and then they figure out that they're like at maximum warp. It would take them like nine hundred years to get on. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, oh, yeah. It'll, I hope it's exciting. I, my only hope is that they. And then the traveler comes back and saves the day. Mm. And fingers Wesley in the back. Oh man, <laughs> the traveler, Wesley. We're going on a journey together, Wesley. Come with me, Wesley. Pull your pants down, Wesley. <laughs> Wesley, you ever read the? Uh, the you ever read the? Uh, you ever read the, the Wesley? Weird turn. Yeah. Have you ever read the Wesley slash Beverly? Oh God! Fiction? Oh, oh, please, don't, <laughs> it's don't real. It's real. It's out there. I am. I know. Just do a Google image for search for Star Trek porn. You find some pretty interesting shit. Yeah, I bet. I saw up. a TNG one for <laughs> the with Data. <laughs> only his only his head was painted. 
<laughs> the rest of his body was skin tone. I was like, this is so stupid. <laughs> and he's like, oh, and then, like it's all running off his face. <laughs> oh, oh man. Hey. <laughs> I watched it purely for entertainment value. Yeah, yeah I don't know. If, uh, I don't know if we want to go down this road because it's like admitting a whole lot of stuff we probably don't want to admit. Because I totally have a retort to what you said, like a next level thing. I just fast forwarded to all of the story bits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, what is this? Yeah. Oh, I want to see the. I want to see the science. Yeah, my only con- Where, where's yeah. stellar cartography? Or the, I only kept watching to see if they had painted the rest of Data's body, or or like or or uh, what have this this would be funny for them to do if uh, say he replaces like it's the borg queen and she replaces his penis with flesh instead of yeah. that patch on his arm yeah why didn't uh, she just start with that yeah <laughs> how about how about you have uh, o'brien's just walking down the hall corridors of the enterprise and he walks by someone's quarters <laughs> and he hears them like fucking <laughs> so then he immediately runs to the transporter room and like gets a lock on them and like beams them <laughs> beams into the, the bridge or the bridge. Yeah, that's yeah. even better. Or they start playing. Pra- <laughs> yeah, like or in this new show, they start playing practical jokes. Like like they beam like a pile of shit like onto someone's table and yeah. like ten forward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you have like Worf like with his ass over the transporter and they're beaming farts into the captain's into the into the into the conference room. When yeah. Meeting with the admiral. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just hear the, the, you just see the thing materialize, but nothing's there. But then it just stinks all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or they, or they rewire like the uh, the the transporter to only like make dildos. <laughs> Tea, Earl Grey, hot, and a giant <laughs> the dildo up here. Yeah. Or, it's, or it's just a teacup full of jizz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. And it's boiling. <laughs> Oh. I like Sean's idea better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. T Earl Grey hot. Just a fucking vibrator comes out, <laughs> and it's on. Yeah, it's, it's going. On. Zzz, <laughs> it's moving around and like rolls off onto the floor. And then Troy looks at it and she's like, Ooh, "Yeah." <laughs> she goes to grab it and then they they beam it out. <laughs> yeah. Wow, this really took a left turn. Yeah, it did. <laughs> That's okay, yeah, though. Just let me. Why not? Compose myself here, gentlemen. <clears throat> Any final thoughts on Star Trek? The the films themselves, our rankings, would you change anything? Um, the new films, your hopes, uh, elaborating on your hopes for these this hypothetical series we've created? Anything. Um, I've always thought that Star Trek wor- Star Trek works best as a episodic television series, and I would like to see more of that. So basically, what you're saying is no future episodes for movies ruin my life. More <laughs> movies. <laughs> well, no, I'm not opposed to movies, but I want them to go back to making the show. Yeah. Well, so I don't want them to go to the X Files format, like you know where the. Like they bring, so they they did the two movies. They were okay successes, and then like disappear for a decade, and then come back, and you know you you, you get you get like ten episodes, and and it's, it's familiar, but it's weird. Like I don't yeah. want that. No. Yeah, like I they they have to be really really careful with yes. the series. As much as say for example with the X Files, I love it. I the I love the fact that it, it's you know came back for like a 10 episode run etc it was a lot of fun but 
to revisit those characters, even though obviously they've changed even personality wise in the scripts a little bit, but, but the thing with the new star Trek series, yeah. is it would be different characters completely. Yeah. But at least you would, one would assume my problem is all joking aside, you have to be really careful whose hands you put this into because you True. could end up with another, you know, star Wars, star Trek crossover. Like we have now, which is great, but it's, that's what it is. Or you could end up with, you know, the fucking Borg, water cooler show like Devin said you know like or or anything in between like you, you that's my problem is people don't know what they want and I'm just getting really sick of of these shows these hive mind kind of like one great thing about you know of of Star Trek is that is as much as yes of course you had a team of writers and producers and artists and you know uh, uh, obviously like people that would uh, refine the tech lingo and all of these things at the end of the day what it, you know it it was a thought in Gene Roddenberry's head that propelled the series forward you know and gave everyone the jump off point to where we are now and I think that the more they kind of stray away from it they they lose some of the heartbeat that that people cling on to that's a good point cling on. Um, <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's like it has to be there has to be some sort of uh uh commentary on like the world today in the show exactly you know? because that's it, in reality that's what roddenberry wanted to that's do he's just was. like yeah, yeah like if i just dress them up as fucking aliens and stuff I, I can say whatever yeah yeah and then I can have scantily clad women because it's an alien uniform. And I can have fucking social commentary on anything. I can get away with, yep. uh, you know, just really making strong uh, and a lot points. of the, A lot of the enemies, too, like the villains and stuff, a lot of them weren't even humanoid. And mm-hmm. uh, they weren't humanoid, you no. know what I mean? Which was kind of cool, too. Like, very imaginative. Yeah. I think that was one of the criticisms of the later series that came out, like like TNG and so forth. Mm-hmm. Is every single uh, um, enemy Species, they encountered yeah. was humanoid in form? Like they, it wasn't like the original series where it's like you, you know it was a rock or like a or giant or lizard, a giant, yeah, or a lizard or a wheel that they walk through that sends them to different times and you know a gate, the gate, I suppose, yeah. precursor to Stargate or something. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But I don't know. It's uh, it's cool. Yeah. yeah, and it is so funny how this series has been. Uh, say, for example, like the episode uh, of the original series, one of the the highest, uh, re- you know, uh, celebrated, most celebrated episodes of the series is the one where they uh, travel back and and uh, Kirk falls in love with a girl who uh, uh, has what's the association to Hitler. Um, Edith Keeler yeah. is the leader of a pacifist movement, yes, which thinks delays the Hitler, U.S.'s yeah, yeah. entry into, into World, World War II. II. Yeah, and then she gets hit by the car or whatever, right? Well, she's supposed to be hit by the car because she's yeah, not yeah. supposed to lead she's, the pacifist well, movement. Yeah, she's not supposed to lead it. Yeah. Yes. So it leads it, it allows the Nazis to develop the A-bomb before the, the Americans. If she If, if she, she lives. lives. Yes. Yeah. Um, what's the name of that episode? City, City on the Edge of Forever. Yeah. City on the Edge of Forever. Um, and... Edith Keeler yeah. must die, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about that, sh- about that that episode is that you fast forward, you know, f- fucking fifty years, and you you have an episode of Doctor Who, like Let's Kill Hitler, mm. or something like that. And I realize that it's it, it, it's pretty low hanging fruit, as you would say, Devin, in terms of like it's fuck like it's it's Hitler, 
but you can't dismiss the commonalities between the time travel elements and just some of the sci-fi elements and say, for example, two series like that, or or it's so transcendental. Um, and it is that because, and it it means so much, not just to sci-fi, but to culture because of those hard decisions that it makes you make. And I love it. Fantastic. Me too. Oh yeah. All right. Should we bring it home? Sure. All right. Remember, this is just the beginning of the conversation. We want to continue it on with you. And we've barely scratched the surface of all the stuff we could talk about with Star Trek. So uh, we're really looking forward to to getting into this one, in all seriousness, over the next however long. Uh, Definitely when Star Trek Beyond comes out, get in touch with us. Let us know what you think. Because uh, we're going to be dying to talk to someone about that film. We have uh, been talking about the potential for doing uh, uh, a reaction episode for the film when it comes out. Um, now, if you're you're checking out a clip on YouTube or listening to the audio, uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, uh, TuneIn. We're on TuneIn now. Uh, pretty much anywhere that you can find podcasts. So subscribe to us there or follow like review comment all of these things we want to talk to you and uh and if you are listening to the podcast thank you and uh you can check out clips on youtube um and uh, also visit us at our website moviesfrommylife.com um and now we are officially kind of we've we've got a facebook page going and that's where all the kind of behind the scenes stuff from the episode is going to be so you can see photos from this episode uh video clips uh, some different exclusives uh, for every episode on our Facebook group. So we just started that. So go over and check that out. Um, and one of the ways we like to talk to everyone is, is on Twitter, obviously. So you can check us out on Twitter at Mermal Podcast. Uh, and uh, I'm at Not Brandon Fleet. Do you guys want to offer up your Twitters? At James McBride. Cool. Devin? At your homeboy, YR underscore homeboy. Right on. Now, Sean, you don't have a Twitter, do you? I do not have Twitter. I'm sorry. Right on. But you're not in the Twitterverse. <laughs> you have MySpace. I have MySpace. Yeah. I also have uh, Friendster. Friendster. I've also got a couple of blogs that I haven't updated since 2002, three ish. Oh, you got the GeoCity site. Yeah. yeah. Fucking baller. With <laughs> yeah. The, Look for me the on Twitter there. Uh, username Pizza Dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not really a social media person per se. It's uh... all right. Well, but if you want to reach out to Sean, you can either leave comments on our Facebook page or um, uh, in the show notes on our website again. So you can go to the show notes of this section, and I'll make sure they get to him. Or Devin or James will tell him to check it out. Also, you can tweet again at Marvel Podcast on Twitter. And uh, this was fun, gentlemen. This was really fun. So Ditto. thank you. And uh, I enjoyed it. Thank you for having us here. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us. That's the eel from SETI uh, Alpha 5. They thought it was SETI Alpha 6. Yeah. That's a problem with that movie, too, because um, Paul Winfield and uh, 
Chekhov beam down. Yeah, and Chekhov recognizes him. Or, or uh, no, Khan recognizes Chekhov. Yeah. But he was, was Chekhov it? wasn't on the series at that point. No. No, that's a pretty common uh, yeah. pointed out. Yeah, I hate it. Like, how do you not realize that? Yeah. Okay. How they missed that one. Human. Play Damjot. Yeah. Damjot human. You don't have the Granba to play Damjot human. <laughs> I'm, assu- I'm, assu- I'm assuming Granba is testicles. Well, then cut this then. Are you going to cut this? No. And this? Are you going to leave this in? How about this? <laughs> I'm just being stupid. Are you gonna leave this one?